everyone. Welcome to Fighting Films, a podcast where us three friends pit two films against one another that are similar to us in some way. Maybe they have very similar plots. Maybe they share directors and themes. Maybe they are an adaptation of a famous novel. Or maybe there is just some personal reason for one or each of us. Either way, the discussion will be fun. So let's get those films fighting. So we are... Stefan, I'm the show creator, stat person, fun fact generator, and critical aggregate. And I'm Jess. I do the Patreon and the uh, social media. I am the guru, as dubbed by my co-hosts, Chris and Stefan. Um, you can find us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, Gmail, um, all sorts of ways under uh, Fighting Films Pod or Fighting Films Podcast. So uh, anyway, um, we don't really talk about where we're from, or we haven't talked about it yet. But actually, Stefan and I are in Minnesota, and Chris is all the way over in New England, Massachusetts, in Massachusetts. And what's funny is we've got our very first special guest today. They are amazing. And they are a Minnesota transplant from New England, Connecticut to be specific, I believe. And so here to join us for the first half of our show, we've got the brilliant, the ballsy, the blue-haired beauty herself from Wine and Crime, Amanda. Oh my God, that is the nicest introduction anyone has ever given me. Also, you (laughs) nailed it. I am from Connecticut. I'm from West Hartford. And I moved to Minnesota uh, in 1994. So after the famous blizzard that every friggin' Minnesotan will talk to you about. Oh, yes. Yeah, my my earliest memory of a news event was the blizzard of 91. I just, that collective memory that I missed by just a handful of years. (laughs) And it's so funny because every single person around here Oh yeah, talks about it, but oh that's, yeah, that's why this one of the, this first movie we're talking about tonight is like so near and dear to my heart. I'm so oh. excited about it. You and me both. Yes. I'm. I'm. Oh man, I told Jess you're gonna have to reel me in sometimes because like I could, I could talk all night about this movie and probably have. Oh yeah, I mean, good luck, Jess. This is gonna <laughs> be right. a tough one for you. Yeah. So, Stefan. What movies are we talking about this week? We are talking about Drop Dead Gorgeous and Miss Congeniality. Ugh! A match made in heaven, honestly. I can't believe, and we we were trying to think of something to pair. Mm-hmm. Or I was trying to think of something to pair with Drop Dead Gorgeous, and I can't believe it took me this long with uh, Miss Congeniality. Jess, did you suggest this before, and somehow I like forgot about that? I remember oh. something. I think we were out at like Baker Square or something, and I glazed over it because I thought it would be too easy. <laughs> um, and so we kind of went down the satire route of like for your consideration and best in show. I, th- I thought you'd be waiting for Guffman. Totally. Um, yeah, yeah. That could have worked. No, but I think I think Miss Congeniality was really the right choice. Yes. They're definitely yeah. like tongue in cheek. They don't take themselves too seriously. They're cut from the same cloth. Like, granted, Miss Congeniality is not a mockumentary style film, but no, and I mean, no. no, it doesn't. It's a contender, so I I am excited. But mm-hmm. I am excited to come into this at least able to defend 
<laughs> and fight for <laughs> probably my favorite movie of all time. It's easily the movie I've seen the most times. All right. So with that, Stefan, why don't you tell us about the movie? So Drop Dead Gorgeous is a uh, comedy mockumentary as a, uh, was already mentioned, which is a mockumentary for those of you that may not uh, know. That's a fake documentary, essentially. And so, yeah, it was. It's a Minnesota filmed, born and raised, if you may. Uh, 1999, filmed in. Uh, so filmed in the summer of 1998. A small town beauty pageant turns deadly as it becomes clear that someone will go to any lengths to win. That doesn't sound like the description for a comedy. <laughs> and this this is a very dark comedy. It's so I'm, dark. It's, it's very and, and I never I never thought it was very dark. I mean, maybe I just have twisted tastes. Hard but name. I just I just think it's hysterical. Um, I'm going to point to. Uh, I know, Jess. I I flat out read this uh, this retrospective to you when we first saw when I when I first showed you this movie. Uh, Amanda, are you familiar with the uh, BuzzFeed article on Drop Dead Gorgeous? No, I don't. Know. <gasps> oh my God, we're we're gonna link it in the description. Yes. It's it was uh it was released on the 15th anniversary of the movie. Uh, the movie's release in July of 2014. It's called Jesus Loves Winners. How oh. Drop Dead Gorgeous Found Cult Success as a Flop. I just found it. Oh, it, I have read this. I have oh, read this. It, it's it's so good. I, I love it. I I could literally just the this episode could be me reading that episode word the the, the article word for word, but I'm gonna try not to do that. So <laughs> so anyways, yeah, Drop Dead Gorgeous. Um uh, it has its origins in the screenwriter Lana Williams, who uh, was born and raised in Minnesota in Rosemount, the inspiration for Mount Rose. <laughs> and for those of you wondering, my sister actually made this mistake, too. There is a Montrose, Correct. Minnesota. Um, and uh, do either of you know who you ever heard of Matt Pelican? No. Who okay. He was the the DFL endorsed candidate. God, I hope he's listening to this. <laughs> Shout out Matt if you are. I'll send it to him. He uh, was the DFL endorsed candidate for attorney general uh, in 2018. Did he did not win? Unfortunately, long story, but I won't get into that. And he posted a picture on Facebook where he was in a parade in Montrose, mm -hmm. and they had a uh, a float with beauty queen winners yes and every comment was like where's the swan and everyone was posting memes from this oh, movie beautiful montrose the swan ain't my baby i'm gonna be i'm gonna be doing that a lot so just deal with it oh yeah you, you might want to turn your speakers down because i might blow them out just no, heads up. Perfect. so so lana williams uh she based much of this movie on her real life experiences. She competed in uh, like a, a Miss Junior Teen America. I don't know the exact name and uh, came in second place. Still got a scholarship to the U of M, which is a University of Minnesota, the main campus for those of you uh, out of staters. And uh, she wrote the script basically as her her um, pride and joy, her, her love child, I guess we could say. And so uh, it starts out with 
there are uh, this small town, Mount Rose, Minnesota, and there's Sarah Rose Cosmetics. Mm-hmm. It is the 50th anniversary of a pageant that they've done, and the and the city, the town of Mount Rose, takes it very seriously. Uh, and so we meet the the um, uh, the committee, the committee led by Gladys Lehman. Uh, Kirstie Alley in, in my opinion, her best role ever. And, and she, she is, uh, I guess she's kind of ashamed of this movie for whatever reason. Ridiculous. But also Kirstie Alley is deeply problematic as just an individual. So like, who cares if she's ashamed of this movie? Yeah. As the article, um, uh, Lana Williams did not like her, Mm -hmm. (laughs) did not like her as the article showed. Um, and so, and it's funny because I, um, uh, or we'll, we'll we'll get to that later. I think this movie is kind of like the you can see because this is right when Kirstie Alley went off the deep end. Um, you can kind of see it happening in this movie <laughs> in real mm-hmm. life. And uh, the other one on the committee is Iris, and uh, Iris is my that person of this movie, or oh. one of them, I should say, uh, Mindy Sterling. She is probably most remembered as Frau Farbissima yes, in Austin from the Powers. Austin Powers movies. <laughs> uh, she, you see her all the time. She was on a Disney Channel show, uh, Ant something, I think is what it's called. Funny, brilliantly funny comedian, and I feel like yes. she's never really gotten like no. her due. You know, no, she's she so deeply underrated. Mm-hmm. She's such a brilliant comedian. She's such an incredible like. Um, her expressions, like the way that she moves her body. She's just so, mm-hmm. so talented. I yes. love her. Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah. Actually, while we're talking about that person, um, I'm going to jump mine in only Do because it. I talked about Go it. it. Uh, my that person, you will not see them in the movie, <gasps> but you will hear their work. Uh, Mr. Mark Mothersbaugh. Yes. <sighs> A longtime composer. I have his filmography up here on IMDb, and it is literally as long as my arm. I it mean, is like every not... single movie with a score is like Mark Mothersbaugh. Mm-hmm. Also, Rugrats. Yep. All oh my them. God. Why am I just hearing this now? Oh, so good. That's yeah. amazing. Rugrats. Um, he did the stuff for Disenchantment. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The Croods. Uh, I guess he did an episode of Tiger King. Oh, I love that. <laughs> of I course. He also scored a bunch of, st- of Wes Anderson films as well, right? Yep. Um, oh, uh, so good. He also did like Thor Ragnarok. He's done uh, Hotel Transylvania movies. He's done, you know, Pee Wee's Big Holiday. He's yes. done stuff all over the board. This mm. man is amazing. And actually, little piece of trivia, um, if you ever watched Rugrats, you're definitely familiar with Chucky Finster, right? He, uh, Chucky was actually modeled after Mark Mothersbaugh. I love that! Wow! Yeah, so that Oh my god. Why and- does that, like, get me right in the heart? That's so sweet. Mm. It, it's awesome. Um, and if you want to think about what Mark Mothersbaugh looks like, um, if you've ever seen Devo, you know, crack that whip. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, if you've ever seen them live or in a music video, he was actually the lead singer and keyboardist. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> wow, what a career. Yeah, so... I'm, uh, I'm Googling him right now. He was my that guy for this movie. Um, as I said, you didn't see him, but you definitely heard his work. <laughs> what a good choice. I can see the resemblance to Chucky very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Um, speaking of Chucky, I just rewatched. Um, the, remember that dark ass Rugrats episode where he like wished he never was born? <gasps> yes. Oh, oh my God, we're we're not going to get into that much, but holy crap, was that dark? It's and really wow, dark. was Angelica a grade A twat? Oh in yeah. That, even like that, <laughs> what she did to him was like, and then to Chucky's dad too was like she. she oh my God, I. I think yeah. that people like don't understand that Angelica was like a psychopath. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. She she got her due in the end of that episode, and it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then we also meet the uh, eight contestants. Uh, I'm not uh, I'm not really going to go over all of them because they're all great in their own way. Mm-hmm. The standouts are uh, Lisa Swenson, played by the late and great Brittany Murphy. Ugh. Yeah, probably one of one of her best roles, in my opinion. Hashtag. So good. Hashtag justice for Brittany Murphy. Yeah, seriously. Um, yeah. Uh, and Leslie Miller, mm-hmm. uh, played by the always amazing Amy Adams in her film debut. It's so unbelievable to me yes. that this was her first movie. She is yes. like, like, she just, the, her presence on screen in this movie, you'd think that she had been doing this her whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. She's so fun to see little bitty. Uh, it is. Yeah, Amy it Adams. is. Sweet baby Amy <laughs> Adams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she actually took this role while on break from the Chan Hassan Dinner Theater. Mm-hmm. Yep. And my sister, I wish she had the program still, uh, went to Chan Hassan in the spring of 98. They saw Brigadoon. And Amy Adams might have been in that show, actually. She probably was. Probably was. You know, it's like, my God. My high school did that show. I was in that show. Oh. (laughs) Sophomore year Mm. in the the chorus. I did not have a notable role. Mm. But that's okay. uh, I can't imagine not having a notable role. I mean, every role is as notable as you make it. And I made it it notable. There are no small parts. Yes. Amanda, you are notable. (laughs) And the... the, uh, Standouts in the pageant contestants uh, wind out with uh, Becky Lehman, the daughter of Gladys Lehman, played by Denise Richards, who really, I mean, I guess it was meant to be she would kind of seem a little out of place Mm -hmm. in this cast because she kind of does feel that way. And uh, our heroine of the movie is... Amber Atkins, oh, played by B-E-R. the always incredible Kirsten Dunst. Um, so good. My mom is like so, huge, so good. Huge fan of her. I think probably that's why I got introduced to this movie was because my mom, um, or she should she should I shouldn't say my mom. I should I should say I should say my mom. <laughs> my mom. Uh, so first of all, I, I want to know, Amanda, when did you first uh, see this movie? I saw this movie, I want to say in middle school. So okay. uh, may- maybe even earlier, honestly, because so when my family moved here, um, this movie hadn't come out yet because it came out of what? Nine- was this 90? 99. Yeah, 99. So we moved here before this movie had come out. But 
being transplants, we like, especially my parents loved to see movies that had like Minnesota accents. Mm. Like they just cracked them up. So uh, we like I saw Fargo really young because my parents mm. like loved the Coen brothers and thought that the Minnesota accents were so funny. And like that they were obviously very noticeable to us when we first moved here. And then you just kind of get used to it. So when this mm. came out, it was just like another opportunity for us as a family to like see a Minnesota movie that highlights the Minnesota accent. So, yeah, I definitely saw this in middle school, which would have been around the time that that came out because I would have been in middle school in I would have been in sixth grade in ninety nine. Yep. Uh, so same, I probably saw it in here. like seventh or eighth grade. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think so. My mom, I'm, I think she said saw it in theaters and then she bought the VHS from Blockbuster. There oh. still has the logo on it. Yep. And uh, then I I don't know why it took me till I was in ninth grade to finally see it, but I just laughed Mm -hmm. So hard, so hard. I obviously and... missed the boat on seeing it in theaters, but mm -hmm. for my 32nd, no, 33rd birthday before pre-COVID, my partner rented out a movie theater for my birthday, and they did a screening on the big screen of Drop Dead Gorgeous, and, like, all of my friends, we all dressed up as, like, different characters, so I can send a photo to you, but I, I'm in like a red, like floor length gown. And then I have like a little hat with the ball of twine on it. <laughs> it was just, it was so much fun. So I did eventually get to see it on the big screen. Thanks uh, to my love. Oh man. That's if we would have been friends, if we would have been friends before, I would have yeah, been seriously. like, yes, let's. Only I, I had known. I know. That's, um, that's a good friend. Cause actually, uh, Stefan, did the same for me uh, for the holidays this year um, with me being immunocompromised. Like I couldn't really, I couldn't go out basically mm -hmm. during quarantine and everything. Yeah. Um, and so he rented out a theater and we invited like my super closest friends and we got to watch a uh, dirty dancing on the oh, big screen. I love that. Yeah. yeah. It, was it was awesome. So it was amazing. Okay. And and uh, Jess, when um, when did you first see this movie? Um, I think I first saw it. Mm, I think I saw it once before you showed it to me. Mm. Um, oh, I, I'm, I'm I'm not that into satires mm -hmm. or like mockumentaries. They're just, they're not my forte, not my thing. Fair. Um, and so, you know, I just kind of glossed over it. And mm -hmm. so uh, Stefan showed it to me again. And yeah, it's pretty funny. It just, again, mm -hmm. not my thing. Yeah. I, I, I thought that, I thought when we watched it, it was the first time um, you had seen it. I know you said you had heard of it, which then when I, when you introduced me to Wine and Crying, I'm like, how the hell have you never seen Drop Dead Gorgeous? And these people <laughs> reference it. But, but I can tell you why. Uh, it's because, and the, the BuzzFeed article alludes to this, uh, because for a long time, the movie was unavailable to stream yep. or download anywhere. Yep. I had two mm. copies of it on DVD. I still think I have, I have at least one, and I don't even have a DVD player. But you couldn't even, and I used to like, I used to pirate movies. Like, I knew mm -hmm. what I was doing. You <laughs> could not even pirate this movie. It, like, did not exist wow. in a digital form. No. 
No, it was, yeah, you, you couldn't, um, not until uh, its 20th anniversary. Mm-hmm. I remember when it, when it became available on Hulu, how big of a deal that was. Yep. And now it's on HBO Max. Yes, and uh, Tubi for now. And um, and you could purchase it on Xfinity, I believe, mm-hmm. if you have that. And the the reason for that, it was, it was rumored for a while that Kirstie Alley was blocking it. Mm-hmm. because she was ashamed uh it was confirmed it was due to a music licensing issue that hadn't been cleared oh yeah okay. which is common yeah. that's common for a lot of movies um but yeah that's been cleared so it's available so go watch it if you wow. haven't seen it i can't recommend it enough uh so then right, so tell me more about this movie yes so uh through the the um escapades of this movie you know we get to know these contestants and their various uh motivations uh, i like lisa swenson's the best where it's like if you're 17 and not a total fry it's just what you do it's what you do it's why it's all the guys chew copenhagen, copenhagen. <laughs> yeah and uh so uh we meet also uh the the parents of obviously because uh, Gladys Lehman is uh, Becky's mm-hmm. mother and we meet uh, Amber's mom oh, Annette yep and her best friend Loretta my favorite who, character in the entire yeah show. I'm just gonna right now say is my MVP she's amazing played by uh, this is Allison Janney's best role I know she's won an Oscar. <laughs> She she says that she gets recognized more for this role than any other thing she's ever done. I'm I am so not surprised by that. No. Whatsoever. I mean it's more I More so it's than the West Wing, yeah. Instantly iconic. Instantly mm-hmm. iconic. Loretta is what we all strive to be. Oh, just God. someone who yes. owns who they are, loves yeah. who they are. Mm-hmm. And has <laughs> unapologetic. Unapologetic. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I'm you're actually... cute. Sorry, go ahead. go ahead. Awesome. So you're cute. Oh, I see you're married now. <laughs> Catch this in your mouth. I'll give you a present. You got that the first try. You are cute. Give me a present. I actually named. I have a camper, and I know that they live in a trailer. But I named my camper Loretta after Loretta. Aww. And I, I have like I have like a light up sign in my camper that just says, "You hear me, Loretta." <laughs> and then I have like people, have, people know how much I love Loretta, so I have like a Loretta drawing in my office. I have a Loretta sticker on my computer. I am just like deeply obsessed with her. So obviously, also my MVP. I'm sorry that we have to share, but it's like no, it's impossible not. No, it's, Im- way. it's impossible not to have her. Oh as my MVP. goodness, we have a turkey. <laughs> uh oh, you chose that my too. MVP as well. Oh, I mean. <laughs> That nice. doesn't surprise me at all. She's just, it's such a standout yes. character. And she absolutely embodies Loretta in every way. Mm-hmm. Well, and she she is the hat trick. This is our first time having a three-way MVP. This is amazing. Okay. Um, I, I chose her simply because she was like second mom to Amber. And oh, yeah. Yes. But kept her going. And so yeah. I, I do uh, I think that's a really good point because I think Loretta is so immediately recognizable as like the funny, you know, she's she's trashy. She's like a quintessential yeah. trashy Midwestern gal. Mm-hmm. But she is 
nurturing, empathetic, mm-hmm. loyal, like deeply, deeply kind. She has she has way more layers to her than I think even I had been giving her credit for. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so I just Absolutely. You know, um as as little as I have seen this movie, she's the character that I remember the most. Oh, so yeah, de- definitely. Uh, that tracks. Yeah, I think definitely. It's a good one to have a hat trick for. Mm-hmm. Awesome, well, we should you know. send her. We should send Allison Janney like, uh, like a blue ribbon or something. Oh my god! <laughs> you absolutely. Won, you won the hat trick. <laughs> I mean, great minds think alike. I'll try and yeah. find some contact information. Not that I haven't been trying that for her <laughs> time. <laughs> yeah. We'll yeah. see. She's got to have a, a fan PO box somewhere. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, so then, uh, pretty quickly, things in this movie turn dark. Uh, one of the contestants, Tammy Curry, who people were worried, I guess there's a lot of, she's like kind of a star athlete in school, mm-hmm. dies uh, mysteriously on an ex- exploding thresher. <laughs> it's so odd and gross. So odd and gross. <laughs> and, uh, um, and there's rumors flying that she was uh, killed because she wins everything and somebody this time didn't want her to win. Well, and everyone knows she didn't have a smoke until after a good ride. In addition, and then things start to focus on Amber now. Uh, this guy that has a crush on her, Brett Clemens. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was apparently in The Mighty Ducks. Oh. But I don't, I don't remember him. Well, and he would have been considerably younger. True. So, like, probably not as recognizable. But it is, it's so funny, like, having gone to high school in Minnesota, not rural Minnesota, but a su- in suburban Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, and my older sister played hockey. So, like, I, her team, like, everyone knew a Tammy Curry. Like, that was half, oh, the, girls, half the girls' yes. hockey team yep. were, were the absolute clones of Tammy Curry. And then like every high school had their popular guy who was just that guy. Mm -hmm. Like my sister basically dated a guy in high school who looked like, I think his name was Mark and he looked exactly (laughs) like this character. Yeah, for sure. And we all had uh, Becky Lehman's of course. Yeah. 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 And um, the most uh, drastic thing to happen to Amber then is her trailer explodes slash catches on fire explodes mm. and um then <laughs> my favorite my favorite loretta line when oh yeah so amber works in a, a funeral parlor she's the mm. makeup makeup artist this yeah happens this is yeah that's a thing so um then she goes back and uh she's you know her mom's over it's like mom 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 and then a firefighter's like are you family and then her letter says my favorite line one of my favorite lines in the movie my favorite loretta line oh no she's screaming my mom just got tourette's she's a nets kid dipshit <laughs> <laughs> and she's like she's alive she's there in the she's there in the i'll be right behind you in the horse i swear don't let my mom hear that <laughs> Oh my God. And so then we arrive at the hospital and poor Annette uh, oh, has a really, yeah, a unique injury. Uh, a beer can has been fused to her hand. Mm-hmm. I, 
ruined a brand new pair of Lee press-ons. press-ons. <laughs> when I first saw this, uh, it, it was uh, after my parents went to bed, and I laughed so hard I woke my dad up. The makeup, at this like it's the just, special effects makeup on this hand injury. It was good. Is it holds up in 2021? Yes. Like, there's a lot about this movie. I will. I, I love this movie enough to to know that there are a lot of things about it that do not hold up. Oh, we're gonna get to that. Yeah. Right. But that that scene, that like hospital scene, that makeup holds up i don't know mm-hmm. how they did it oh, yeah. but it was amazing yeah well i sat down to have a beer and completely next thing i know something blows through the house and ass up in somebody's flower bed <laughs> and then so amber wants to quit the pageant mm-hmm. and loretta talks her out of this and this is where where i first learned what, what a lawn dart was oh my god was, that's was my favorite movie. line that's my yeah. favorite line of the movie. You want to take it away? Sure. So Amber confesses to Loretta that she wants to quit the pageant. And Loretta, like you said, tries to like scare her out of it, sort of like screams in her face and like shocks Amber. And then is explaining that Annette is the one who clung to her tap shoes while flying through the air like a goddamn line dart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it is just... it. It's so, so good. And yeah, lawn darts are the world's most dangerous, like, party game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they, they banned those, but not guns. How about that? Oh, I know, nope. right? Nope. Uh, and so she, you know, decides to stay in the pageant after, you know, some good advice from her mother. Yep. And when she, you know, when her mom is, you know, allegedly sober, mm-hmm. which is great, makes it special. <laughs> and uh, so then... The pageant process starts, and we meet we meet the uh, the judges. Oh, one of them, one of them is uh, Jean Cagnus, played by the screenwriter Lana Williams, and in a role that she really was not happy with. She wanted to play the candy striper. Yeah. In the hospital, and they vetoed that because they would have had to pay her more. I do she... like how she weasels her way out of it with clever writing, though, because she basically does not have a line no. at all in the entire movie. She's just silent and like yes. mousy and afraid. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So brilliant. And um, the other ones is a uh, Harold uh, Vilms. Yeah. Vilms mm-hmm. uh, played by Mike McShane. Uh, I always remember him from Richie Rich. Yep. This is where I always remember him from. Yep. Uh, he and Richie Rich. The, the scientist. Like, yeah, he was like the tech oh, guy. Yes. Like when okay. when Richie would turn the computer on, you'd see like his big head. Yeah. Oh God, I haven't seen Dad that not found ever. Yeah, Dad I not know. found. <laughs> That's him. Yeah, uh. and uh, and his uh, brother Hank, played by Will Sasso, who he. Yes. He, na- he nails this. He's um, mentally challenged, mm-hmm. and he nails this role the so much. The to- character is mentally challenged. Right. Yeah, yeah. The right, the character. Uh, he nails this role so much to the point where people thought he was actually mentally challenged in real life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess. I guess not many people watched Mad TV. Well, you know, yes, we, we, we know, we know, we know the audience. How like Will yeah. Sasso got famous by being on Mad TV? Right. I mean, we know yeah. Mad TV had what half the audience of SNL, mm-hmm. even though it was funnier than SNL for a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And Will Sasso's character, I don't think would ever fly in a movie today. Absolutely no. not. I mean, no. 
all. Like when we say that there are deeply problematic things about this movie, they can really all be wrapped up like in that character. There are hard R's that are dropped in this movie. I was just going to say, yeah. Ableism, there's homophobia, which we'll get to with the -hmm. the Peter character. It's just like, it's those parts of it are a mess. And if we are going to continue to love it, we need to like acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Amanda. Yes. I need to hear your classic wine and crime line if you're going to say it. Which one? Oh, we'll thank get you. To it. Oh, oh, okay. Here we go. <laughs> uh, you're right. You're right. We'll get to it. <laughs> yeah. That can be our check off on that for this episode. Yes. Yeah, we can replace that. That's fine. Um, and the the final judge is John Doe. No. That's, that's his name, played by Matt Malloy. Uh, he he was my runner-up to be my that person for this movie. He he's been in yeah he's plays this role so well, but in tons of stuff. And actually, he he says this happened multiple times in his life where uh, he's in a public place. And somebody will start pointing at him and shout, you're the pervert, you're the pervert. And he has to say, no, in a movie, in a movie, please finish that sentence, please. And he just pulls the video camera out and is like, I don't know, I keep it in my glove box. Case car accidents, insurance claims, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just here to uh, watch watch the young girls. Yep. And that's a great segue (laughs) into the rest of the movie. Mm -hmm. And so... So they're, you know, they're, they're doing the dance rehearsal and the, the choreographer, what got him looking, oh yeah, uh, Cloris, uh, Clor, uh, or no, is it, no, it's not her. Uh, it's not Cloris Leachman. It is another, like. No, 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 not, I mean, I'm looking for the, the name of the person. Oh, oh. Uh, uh, Kling, Klingigan. I had my uh, my high school drama instructor was a, a like reminded me a lot of this woman. Not not as crass and mean, but time to close. Time to close. Time to close. Plie. Brittany Murphy like knocking that camera. Cigarettes. Yeah. So good. Just the, this this is one of the only movies where every single character made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, she reminds me of uh, the grandma in Superstar. Oh yeah. Oh, Cloris <laughs> yeah. Klinghagen. Cloris Klinghagen. Yeah, that that's Klinghagen. That yep. And close. <laughs> so close. Yep. <laughs> so, so we get to the night before mm. the pageant, the 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 dress rehearsal, and. One of the contestants, uh, Molly, Molly Howard, comes to Amber and says, can we switch parts? Mm-hmm. Because my so she she's doing a, a monologue, interpretive dance, where she will sign the lyrics to a song. Mm-hmm. And her cousin, I think it was, had a deaf baby. Yep. And she wanted to go see it, so she asked if they can switch. And Amber thinks it's a great sign because it was the same number that her idol, Diane Sawyer, mm-hmm was in her pageant number eight right number eight yep mm-hmm. number eight and uh so 
sorry, just really quick. I do have to mention that song signing is actually really cool. Oh, it is. Like here now in 2021. And the song Molly signed to was Through the Eyes of Love. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so she is doing her number on stage, and then a stage light mysteriously comes loose and knocks her in the head. It doesn't kill her, as we'll later discover. It just makes her deaf. So she's really so happy. she's real happy. She's really happy. You know, hey, more, you know, good for her. Oh, my God. Good. The blow to her head made her deaf. Yeah. It's great. Oh, oh, that's great. Um, and so, uh, oh, man, can we can we talk about the other thing that hasn't aged well in this movie is the the reigning Mount Rose pageant oh, winner yes. that, that was, okay. you know. Oh, my word. Oh, so much man. ableism at play here yes they definitely play up uh disordered eating in this character mm-hmm. yes um it's a it's a mess but her yeah. lip oh, my word. don't cry out loud is incredible it I mean, is. it's like it's you cringe watching that scene now through through a 2021 lens uh-huh. um but at the time i mean it was never okay no but that actress she did the best she could with what was written. Mm-hmm. Um, and it did that interaction did allow for some like very good uh, tone setting between Amber and Becky because they both, you know, end up visiting her in the hospital on the same day. <laughs> and there's much, there's much tension between the two of them. Yes. One, <laughs> one of my favorite little tidbits in that movie is when Becky hands her the box of chocolates and one of them falls out. Yes. I always, I always love that. It's like, um, uh, I, I'll, I'll say a, a checkoff moment or, uh, do you want to take the rain for that, Amanda? Oh, the, I will get to it moment. Yeah. There's another <laughs> moment on, uh, it reminds me of another moment on clue that mm. like always cracks me up but anyways so uh yeah so it's amber now once again is anxious she says you know i i was supposed to be number uh one mm-hmm. and you know I, that was meant for me and so then loretta comes in and once again cheers up you know your mom wanted you to have this drink and <laughs> And like Amber two fingers of bourbon. <laughs> and Amber doesn't take it. Not and just something to calm the nerves. Right. Yeah. And then we get to uh the one of my other favorite Loretta lines and a line that I didn't understand till I was older. I should have probably understood it when I watched this movie, <laughs> where Amber says, Never have kids, and then Loretta said, Well, God love you for thinking I still could. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> so, it's the night of the pageant, and uh, Amber's dress is missing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, clearly there's there's sabotage, and it's pretty oh, clear yeah. right from the get-go that these judges are bribed. We saw that during the judges' interview, mm-hmm. where they make Amber name and spell, which I... I never, I guess they're not allowed to talk about the questions outside of it, but it's like that seemed, I guess they wanted to throw her off and it, you know, they didn't. Mm-hmm. So, but still it's like, you know, uh, I would have, I would have questioned that. I, well, as Loretta says, it's front page news every time one of them takes a shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was just, um, one of my favorite shows growing up 
uh, still one of my favorite shows was America's Next Top Model. Yes. And yes. there's this guy uh, named Oliver Twixt who's doing like these uh, live chats on Instagram with the girls. Today he did, uh, do you remember Carrie the English? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he did one with her and she revealed how the commercial they did, the first commercial, they used the outtakes from it, not from the real commercial. Oh. So she got thrown off there and she ended up in the bottom too. Oh, no. Yeah, so it kind of reminded me of that. It's, they're, they're, they're so good. If you can watch them, they're so fun. Carity's was, oh, my God, great. I but, would um, go find this. Yeah, they're great. So, anyways, uh, they they start, you know, performing. They do the really comical physical fitness number mm-hmm. to my oh favorite. Oh, my gosh. My favorite paint. Gloria. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love that paint. And uh, so... That's this movie is what when I think of, when I hear Conga by Gloria yeah. Estefan. Oh, everyone, everyone references either like a Grand Theft Auto game or an episode of Futurama. Yeah, but not but, us. Drop oh, it, gorgeous. Always, no, always, always. Which makes me wonder, like, which music licensing dispute was it? Because it could it could have really only been for like Conga, whether they use that um, that song, the lip sync song, "Don't Cry Out Loud." Mm-hmm. But there aren't uh, really any other, like, big numbers. Yeah. Or, like, jo- the Joan Jett. Well, she probably yeah, wouldn't, maybe. wouldn't do that. But, yeah. yeah. Makes you wonder. I, I'm sure that trivia exists somewhere, and mm-hmm. I I commit to finding it. Same. <laughs> Same. And so uh, Amber can't go on because she doesn't have, mm-hmm. you know, the approved dress. But then Lisa... Oh, I, I love this part. I oh. loved this part too. Lisa's probably my other MVP Honestly, of yes. this movie because she sacrificed her spot so Amber could perform. Mm-hmm. And, and Lisa's, Lisa's story, she's not like a very prominent character in this mm-hmm. movie, but Brittany Murphy plays her so well and really conveys that like, I mean, that's another great line in the in the movie in one of her kind of like talking head interviews where she is not the prized child of the family. She has a brother oh, named yeah. Peter who is a drag queen in New York. Um, <laughs> he's a performer, according to his parents. And, and I was obsessed with New York when I went there the first time, by the way. Yes. I to her. And Lisa is obsessed with New York, loves yes. New York. She wants to go to New York. That's really why she's doing this pageant. Mm-hmm. And she has this great line in that talking head where she says, well, my parents only had me because Peter needed that kidney. <laughs> <laughs> and it just like it, it. But she's so like willing to give of herself. She's so willing to support the people that she loves. I know. And she lo- and she never holds the fact that she's well aware that she is not valued in her family against her brother. She loves him no. no matter what. And I just think that she is such a special character. And then when she yeah. sacrifices herself for Amber, you like really see that side of her uh, mm-hmm. once again being like, I know, I know I wasn't going to win. I'm not the favorite and I'm only here to support you. And that makes me happy. Yes. Yeah. I was I love that. That was a great part. Um, I, and... I do wish we had more time with Brittany Murphy. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I know. I know. Poor thing. Yeah, and uh, you know, nine one one had that exact plot line where someone was born to for a kidney or some kind of organ, and yeah, it was it was not funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no. Uh, so then uh, Amber 
performs. Oh, and we just saw we saw Becky perform. Oh my god! <laughs> to can't take my eyes off of you. Another Melissa Manchester is that Melissa Manchester song? Because there I were the two. So. There's two. Oh yeah, no. Through the eyes of love was the other one. Holy buckets! What? I you know I have not seen this movie much. I laughed so hard. It's one of the greatest the figure. Oh my god! It's gosh. one of the greatest scenes ever shot in comedy. Like mm-hmm. she she rolls out this crucified. This like horrific, crucified, Jesus. stuffed Jesus, <laughs> like the my pillow stuffed Jesus on a cross, and she's like spinning it around, and it's it's. I mean, it's so blasphemous. It's horrific. Yeah. I, I just gotta say, in her poodle my, skirt. Yes. It makes no yeah. sense. <laughs> it is my second favorite comedic depiction of Christ. Uh, second only to Buddy Christ. Oh well, mm. that's fair. That's on yeah. the top. Yeah. It's uh, you, you know what you know movie I'm gonna say Jess Hamlet too. Have you seen that, Amanda? I have. Oh, I have that's seen that. yeah. I could not get Jess to like that movie, unfortunately. It's, you it's are, an acquired taste. You love it or you hate it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Um. So then Amber performs and just you know blows blows the place away. Oh my god! Everyone Loretta loves it. and Annette like drunk and Annette because Annette was is there in injured in her wheelchair still attached to like an IV blasted mm-hmm. out on pain meds because she's not going to miss seeing her daughter in the pageant yeah. and the two of them heckling uh, in the audience the banter just she's got little, a big she had a big ass then she's got a big ass now just these little <laughs> cuts to the two of them are just so funny I mean. This movie, you will be laughing constantly the yeah. whole way through. It's I mean, so good. You you legit believe that the two of them have been best friends for yes. a long time. You yes. immediately get that feeling. Absolutely. I, I gotta say, their chirps are almost as good as Riley and Jonesy from Letterkenny. Like, <laughs> they're great. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of that show, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> and uh, so... We cut to the the judges are uh, deliberating. I always remember that word from America's Next Top Model again, mm-hmm. deliberation. And uh, so, uh, this has another one of my favorite comedic moments where Hank says he knows who the winner is, and then John jumps and jumps over the table and tries to say, "Like shut up, shut up!" Mm-hmm. And Harold pulls him off, and I love this. When Harold accidentally pulls off his clip-on tie, mm-hmm. I, it, it, it's such a nice touch. It's just it's, it. It's sad. It's like that perfect, up. like sad, pathetic comedy moment. Yes, yes. And so uh, it's time to announce the winner. And Leslie is the second runner-up, but not 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 second place as she claims. Mm-hmm. Third, which her, you know, her her boyfriend was kind of like he he looked so mad at her at the end when they were leaving the school and he was you know so enthusiastic about her in the crowd it's like i just i don't really understand what made him change mm. but I, I don't know you know teenagers don't as, as you said on a previous episode of wine and crime amanda don't trust anyone under 25 exactly yeah. never no that's why i always date older men uh <laughs> and uh so Amber comes in second, and of course, Becky Lehman is the winner. But 
as we mentioned in our 47 meters down episode last week or two two weeks ago yeah mm-hmm. two weeks at this point there is still a half hour left of this movie mm-hmm. it's not over yet mm-hmm. wink wink and so <laughs> uh it's parade time parade time and uh becky's parents commission this massive float mm-hmm. from from mexico as they say, yeah, from Mexico, and yeah, there's, they... there's a lot of casual racism against Mexican individuals, particularly oh my God. in this that, movie it, as well. Um, I like to take comfort a little bit in the fact that I mean, it was it was made in the late '90s, but it does technically take place in '95. Not like mm. it's that much earlier, but the PC cha- changed a lot in those few years. Yeah. I feel and like, like you said before, there's just if this movie were made now, uh, it would be completely different. Completely yeah, different. It, it's meant to be like, you know, small town satire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And so, uh, Becky is at the top of the floor and Gladys lights it. So it's meant to be like a glistening lake, mm-hmm. as she said, for sparkles and, you know, the, the sparklers and she lights it and accidentally, and this was, this was, yeah. Cause we see it like she lights, it goes off. Right. And there's, there's gas. Mm-hmm. It's covered in gas too. Not working. Right. You know, I like to think, you know, the, the, the Mexican workers sabotaged it. I, God, I like that think. would be the only justice. Yeah. I think in the screenplay there was more allusion to that, but mm-hmm. they didn't include it. And so... Well, because uh, Mr. Lehman is so horrific. He's, he's so awful. gross. And you imagine he's got... He must treat these individuals that he's hired to do these, these jobs like mm-hmm. absolute subhuman crap. Yeah. Because that's yeah. just how he... presents himself that's not like we're not making assumptions that's like exactly Mm -hmm. how his character yeah and then people like that become president Mm -hmm. yeah um i uh the line of his that i hate another part that didn't age well where he well it never was appropriate but where he's like don't jew me out of that chest or whatever like oh i bad I, i never knew that was slang until my sister had to point that out she's like people used to say that i'm like what and and even when that was like a i mean i did not say that but even when that was like fairly common to say that was still one of those like okay this person is not not good racist anti-semitic like to, to to even boldly say that in the early 90s was was really showing your cards about who you were <laughs> as a person. And so yeah. they definitely wrote that intentionally to show how racist, anti-Semitic, misogynistic, yeah. like, you know, he he's he is grabbing his assistance, but like he's supposed to be oh, the most God. vile, vile character, like representation oh, he, of just a straight white man. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That you could he possibly imagine. And he knew <laughs> Funny enough, uh, a few years later on an episode of Married with Children, he played a gay guy where he surprisingly, he called his partner, they went by husband and husband, which I thought was cool. I'm like a surprise Married with Children did that, but... He's a, yeah. he's a dad in, so, in I think almost every season of Freaks and Geeks. I don't remember which kid's daddy is, but he's kind of a smarmy dad in that show too, where he's... No, there was only on one season life. of Freaks and Geeks, so... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. He, he knows how to play the part. Yeah. yeah, my family we we always remember him from um, uh, uh, 
National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. He's yep. the uh, Clark Griswold's friend. Mm-hmm. Yep. But uh, anyway, so uh, the float explodes with mm-hmm. Becky on it, mm-hmm. and uh, Amber and Leslie are riding behind, and you really see more of Leslie's character beforehand, where she's like, Amber, could you, if I die, could you cover up the the hickeys on my, on my neck, neck, or this mark on my thigh? Yeah, and a little mark on my thigh. I love, I love the camaraderie between these girls. Mm-hmm. When you've got, like, Lisa helping Amber out, and, you know, like, how... Leslie is comfortable enough around Amber, you know, to like joke, you know, like be like, yeah, help me out here. I know you work at the funeral parlor. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, it's sweet. It's just, and it's, without missing it's, a beat, Amber's like, yes, I'll take it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, they, they seem like people that wouldn't, you know, typically be in the same crowds, mm-hmm. but you know, they still, you know, get along. And I just, I just like that. And, and one of my favorite lines came out of that scene where Amber says, just how I pictured it, choking on choking swan on gas. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And uh, so. I was just going to say in small town, Minnesota, I mean, you kind of know everybody. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Very true. Very true. I, this, this uh, parade scene took place in, uh, was filmed in Waconia. Mm-hmm. And I was there when I was doing some political work one time, and the downtown looks completely different. I'm sure. It's, well, it's sad. very cute. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. It is. And uh, so then uh, Gladys melts down and reveals that she it did everything. Should have been you up there. Should have been you up there. You piece of shit, trash. <laughs> and we get to my favorite line in the movie. And probably one of my favorite lines in any piece of art ever. Oh my god, it's cops! He sells reproductions! His furniture's as fake as my orgasms! <laughs> like, the first, like, immediately after your child just got blown to bits. I mean, this really was, as much as I hate Kirstie Kier- Alley, this was where she peaked in this movie, for sure. Was oh, it? yeah. She, that woman can deliver a meltdown like mm-hmm. nobody's yeah. business. And yeah. she, she fully committed to it and nailed that. Scene. Yes. Oh, and a, 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 one of the best meltdowns in yes. like cinematic history. Yeah. Oh yeah. And apparently she, um, according to Lana Williams or someone else that was interviewed in that article on the, on her first day on set, she got up and said to everyone, I've quit smoking. Uh, <laughs> And I'm on my period, and so and I'm some on of the, a diet. and I'm on a diet, and she's not kidding. <laughs> and um, yeah, so so then Amber's crowned the winner by default. Yep. Uh, and second place, so she's yep, the next one in the line. Next, yeah, and we get to my my other favorite line, my other favorite Loretta line. Uh, I don't know. I just don't want to win this way. You listen to me. You are a good person. Good things happen to good people. Really? No. It's pure bullshit, honey. You're just lucky as hell, so you might as well enjoy it. And she's it's... saying this to her in the graveyard at right. her burial, at, at <laughs> Rebecca Ann Lehman's burial. It's just so it's, good. And that's so... why they crown her. They crown her oh. with this, like, scorched <laughs> tiara. <laughs> that they, that, so you're supposed to imagine they took it off of the corpse <laughs> of Rebecca Ann Lehman. Yeah. And then at her burial, they crown 
poor Amber. I mean, it's so traumatic. It's right. so dark. And oh, I goodness. love it. And did you, I also love that freaking Loretta is taking pictures of Amber oh, being crowned with a disposable camera. And she's just taking pictures <laughs> of the back of her head. And she's so yep. pleased yeah. with herself. It's like one of my favorite moments in the movie where I'm like, I don't know if Alice and Janney was directed to do that or she was just like embodying Loretta. Either way, it's brilliant it comedy is, and mm-hmm. I love it. It is a parent thing. I can remember my mom doing stuff like that. Like when I would get a perm or something, <laughs> like take, taking pictures of the back of my head. Oh, look how curly it is. Oh, well, you, yeah. your mom wants to remember what it looked like. Yep, exactly. Yeah. God bless. Yep. <laughs> And so, uh, as a result, Amber will be going to state to compete. Uh, and we find out they'll be staying at the airport, Howard Johnson! The airport! <laughs> and at that scene, I never realized until recently that UPS guy, he and Loretta had just fucked Oh yeah! Oh, yeah. I I never noticed he was like, putting his pants on back on as he's leaving. Oh no! I, I mean, he was cute. I don't blame her. Oh. Um, yeah, hey, and so just need a drive by. Hey, absolutely. <laughs> so then they arrive uh, at the. Uh, uh, they they arrive at the airport Hojo in uh, I guess uh, Minneapolis presumably, hmm. and or be Blo- uh, Bloomington, Bloomington because that's where the airport is. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and so by by the Mall of America, the Mall of America, and uh, so then we meet uh, the the pageant committee, which these two women, you recognize one of them, of course. Jesse or Jess as a uh, Nora Dunn. Mm-hmm. Yep, the co- the cooking. About her. Yep, she was on the that cooking show. Oh wow. yeah, I knew who that was. She oh. she was on a few episodes of The Nanny. Also, I've been rewatching that show. Thank you to oh. HBO Max. Yep, and uh, that's another show where everybody made me laugh. And the other one is uh, Terry Macy, who uh, I remember from. Uh, she had a recurring role on the show Absolutely Fabulous. Yep. Yep. And uh, so they, you know, announced what we're going to perform today actually due to budget cuts. And so they have a uh, seafood buffet, which yep. <laughs> I would have fallen victim to this because I love, love shellfish. I know. Love I would have. Oh, my God. So I would have. Nope. Face myself into that buffet. Into a coma, into a yeah. food coma. And during the uh, the uh, dress rehearsal, we get Miss Minneapolis, played by Amanda Detmer, that we referred to on the uh, last week's episode in Saving Silverman, yep. that she runs off stage and throws up. Yep. And then everybody starts throwing up, and we find out on a news broadcast that it's uh, from uh, in this pro- improperly stored yep. shellfish. And yep. Amber's mom told her, "Never eat shellfish. Who knows the last time? You know, don't don't eat anything where the animal carries its house around." Yeah, you don't know the most, last time it was cleaned. Was cleaned. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good advice. Good advice. Yeah, I never think of that when I eat shellfish, but ugh. Mm-hmm. And so Amber is crowned the winner, and we 
the winner kind of by default. And we get the other great Loretta line where on state TV <laughs> broadcast, she just says, I got some. Oh my God. It's so good. Well, okay. For my other favorite though, she it's, it's on this news, like this B roll footage that the news yes. Yes. Yes, and is. she comes out of the, of a hotel room with like one of the bartenders and she just goes, Oh, you think they heard us? Think they she heard us? around and sees everyone vomiting. <laughs> and her first thought is, Oh, you think they heard us? And it was like, so foul that they all started. <laughs> I just like, she is so funny. And I want to know how much of that was specifically written for her and how much maybe Alice and Janney is doing some improv because some of it just seems so off the cuff that I'm like, how she, were all of these bits written for you so perfectly? She had to have done some improv because they allowed for a lot of that. Uh, Mindy Sterling came from uh, the Groundlings, that mm. trope. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They're like a, a comedy trope. I think Dan Aykroyd came from them. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, so they were... Uh, and she was allowed to do a lot of improv, so I assume Allison Janney was as well. Okay. The, the best comedies are ones that allow for improvisation. Yeah, because like. I, I really do feel like Allison Janney like got into that role, and and like I keep saying, she just embodied Loretta. So I think she probably mm-hmm. had gotten to know her so well that it's yeah. like, oh, this is something Loretta would say, and just had Absolutely. so much fun with it. Yeah, um, she was the principal in 10 Things I Hate About You, yep. right? Yes. Yeah, yep. and uh, if you watch the like bloopers from that, there's a few of them that are just hilarious because she mm-hmm. just, you know, off the cuff. Like, there's one point where Julia Stiles rounds a corner and she's, like, making out with some guy and she's like, oh, young lady, back to my office. And she's, like, hiding herself behind the guy because she's, like, partially undressed. And <laughs> it's, it's yeah, because doesn't she write, like, a ton of erotic fiction yeah. in that movie? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. good. <laughs> so, uh, Amber is now going to Nationals, mm-hmm. and we, we see a little bit of Gladys in prison. And where was the women's prison? Like, it was, like, um, Minnetonka, I think. Which yeah. is they didn't do their research. They should have said St. Cloud. Or uh, it might have actually been St. Cloud. I think I think it said Minnetonka. It didn't say St. Cloud. I know okay. it didn't. Yeah. yeah, they could have gone that way. They could have gone Stillwater. There's like a big prison yeah. in Stillwater. God, God, Lana Williams. Come on. <laughs> well, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I, I know. Not, not a big deal. But she like rules the prison. Yes, yes. And uh, so... It's time for Amber to go to Nationals in Lincoln, Alabama. Mm-hmm. And so they arrive, and the Sarah Rose Cosmetic Headquarters <laughs> has been raided by the IRS <laughs> due to tax evasion. Yep. And it was canceled permanently. I love how they reveal that on the, mm-hmm. the words below, which, by the way, so. Are we to believe that, I mean, I, this is before cell phones were widespread. It was 95, obviously, but right. but none of them. So were, were they, they must have all flown in. Because Lincoln, Alabama was a small town. It's not, it's well, not, a, not a big city. A, they arrived on a bus with a ton yeah. of luggage under Right, like, right. So yeah. they had the airport, met, maybe. I don't know. From, from like, um, from like, uh. Uh, Birmingham or Montgomery, yeah. probably. Yeah, that, that always struck me as odd because they didn't go there all, all 
the same trip, obviously. Right. Yeah. I mean, anyways, and, you know, of course, you know, today they'd be like, oh, I got it. I heard, you know, on the news on my smartphone, it's canceled. You know. I think what we're supposed to believe from this is that they didn't care enough to call and tell them. Like, and frankly, I right. believe it because as someone who's like, I worked in the restaurant industry for so many years, and the amount of times a business owner will get shut down and not and put a sign on the door and not tell their employees, and then their employees show up for a shift mm. to a closed wow. restaurant is like more times than I care to admit happens. Like these, these are things that happen. And I think this business was just like, screw it. Like we got shut down. We don't care that people spent time, energy, money to get here. It's not our problem anymore. And we're not going to deal with calling everybody and telling them the bad news. We're just going to wash our hands of it and be done and let them figure it out. Like, I think that was meant to speak to how like crappy this company is. Mm. You know, that's, that's a really good point. I never that's thought like of it that way. That's the only theory that I have that feel that seems to make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Where it's like this. It's Sarah Rose Cosmetics is already like such crap that they're not even going to have the decency to tell these what hundred young women that this isn't happening anymore. Like, sorry about your right. college scholarship or whatever you mm-hmm. were trying to get. Mm-hmm. We, we yeah. don't care. Uh, then I love how at the end, how they say when Amber gets on the bus and doesn't, you know, engage in any of the vandalism, they say, um, Sarah Rose, Miss America teen princess, just kind of, you know, you know, by just cause she didn't do anything, you know, it's yep. like, eh, you know, okay. And then we find out what happened to the other girls, which by the way, if I have one complaint about this movie, it's that we didn't get, uh, follow-ups on the other contestants yeah we only got leslie and amber and then and not even all the judges so molly molly howard the 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 redheaded that got adopted by the asian family yeah oh yeah she there was a deleted part in the script where she was sent back to the orphanage Mm. during the the shootout that we see here. So Gladys then escapes from prison and goes on a a shooting spree. You can see the bus that says like Lutheran social services on it. And there was a a clip where it was going to show her on the bus. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I love that Easter egg. Yeah. Yeah. It it just, yeah, it obviously did. I'm just, you can see the bus, but yeah, not her. And And so like deeply problematic storyline. Yeah, and a lot uh, of anti-Asian racism. Yeah, in it. Yeah, that um, that the girl that played her sister was evidently a big pop star in Japan at the time. Oh, cool! An actress. Yeah, I the love only thing that. I, the only thing I ever saw her in, other than that, was Armageddon. <gasps> She's in Armageddon. She was the one when at the beginning when there's the cab <gasps> with where Mark Curry's the driver. The one was like, "I want to go shopping." That was her. Oh. Yeah. My God! Well, <laughs> time to go rewatch Armageddon. Yeah, <laughs> you, do that, you do that. You do that alone. Watch it on like for like twenty four hours straight or something. Yes, she's oh. had a she's had a long history of watching Armageddon like multiple times in a row for no reason. This is what depression <laughs> will do to you. She would have a field day with my best friend Kyle. Armageddon sure. is his favorite movie, whereas Deep Impact is one of my favorite movies. And fighting films... Rivalry. Yeah, fighting films started 
it was an idea I had that we pitched to Chris between Kyle and I to duke it out between those movies. Well, that is how fighting films began. Well, I love that. I love yeah. that origin story. Yeah, it was it was so much fun, and so so then uh, while. While when the somehow Amber, I don't know why Amber was like right there. It's like, don't be right by where this woman's trying to kill you. Right. But, you know, God bless her heart. And so she, a reporter is struck by a stray bullet. Mm -hmm. And Amber just jumps in, takes the mic, and, you know, starts reporting live. And she then gets a job as a reporter and is co-hosting the evening news. Yep. For Minneapolis St. Paul, uh, as according to Wikipedia, W A Z B TV, <laughs> and uh, we we get in the credits the great Joan Jett version of "You're Gonna Make It After All." Yep. Oh, it's I so love, good. I love the song, um, and so that uh, that's Drop Dead Gorgeous. And the do you know do you know Amanda about or Amanda and Jess the alternate ending for that? No. So originally and this was filmed uh gladys completes suicide in prison oh my god yep yep and the the shootout was by the iona hindelbrandt the original winner of the mount rose pageant didn't get to keep madame tiara had to turn in for scrap yep okay well i love that 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 storyline it was because she she was uh, pissed off at the bastardization of the pageant, mm-hmm. and but uh, test audiences they thought it was too dark. Yeah. So yeah. they stopped I think it. They which made the right call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That being said, this movie's never gotten a Blu-ray release, and oh my god, when it comes out on Blu-ray, I'm pre-ordering it faster than. Do you think it'll ever happen? <laughs> I mean, there will. They've released a lot of other. They released a Rad on Blu-ray. Do you, you ever heard of that movie, Amanda? Rad. No. Oh my god, look it up when we're done. It's an okay. 80s motocross movie oh with god. with Lori Laughlin before Full House. Yes. Well, I don't hate that. It's it's like the most 80s thing you have ever seen. And um they released that movie on Blu-ray with tons of special features. So okay. why can't they do it for Drop Dead Gorgeous? So I hope right. they do the alternate ending for there. Um, and we have to have a couple commentary tracks, of course. So that is that is Drop Dead Gorgeous, and yeah. it initially, uh, you know, it didn't do well in theaters, Mm-mm. and it definitely found, it found its success later on yeah. uh, through uh, rentals, and... Well, it, uh, just, it definitely became, like, a cult classic, and the oh, fact that yeah. it was so hard to get your hands on it, mm-hmm. le- like, mm-hmm. especially as it's... I think it's continued to rise in popularity even mm-hmm. in recent years, but now we don't have like blockbuster. No. So like if you didn't have a copy of it on DVD, even trying to find a copy of it on DVD, like through Amazon, eBay, like all of it is pre-owned copies. They were not making new ones. Yeah. And so now that it's oh. available di- digitally, it's had this like incredible mm-hmm. resurgence. And I have to mention that I do have a personal connection to this movie because go for it. The actor who plays uh, Brittany Murphy's dad. There's one scene after the pageant where, you know, he's pissed at her because she quit and gave Amber her costume. And he's like, you know, Peter would never pull a stunt like this. And she looks at him and she goes, well, you know what, dad? Peter's gay. Yeah! 
<laughs> I love, I love that. So dazed and confused, and she walks away, and he just goes, "What? That is my friend's father. His name is Jim Cada. He's like a he's a very successful stage actor. He's been in some film, mm-hmm. but yeah, he had this like little role in Drop Dead Gorgeous, and I was friends with his son for years before mm. I even like." realized that that was him so i remember like being over there for dinner and it coming up and then me being like wait what and just like <laughs> losing my mind that's awesome so that's, a, um, my, that's my claim to fame <laughs> uh, a friend of mine actually the the supervisor when uh when charlie and i worked together his english teacher was one of the kids playing guitar when they show the footage of, you know, the the trailer blowing Dude, up. don't say ass white. My yeah. mom, mom has her windows open. Yep. <laughs> one, one of those guys. Yep. Yep. That, uh, I love that. Lucky. That's him. <laughs> yeah. All it's, right, uh, Stefan. So how did this movie, uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous, fare with the critics? Yeah. It's really uh, interesting in that regard. It actually has a pretty big discrepancy so yep so the critical score uh for the critics is 46 percent, but the audience is 75 yes so a pretty pretty big discrepancy and that just shows how its appreciation for it has really grown over the years Mm -hmm. yeah agreed Ugh, a classic yeah it's definitely always one of my favorite movies you know i quoted all the time as you can tell i've introduced so many people to it that have mm-hmm. just loved it and um yeah it's yeah I'm, I'm just you know so glad it found it found six and you know really the the article touches on kind of how you know it it's kind of like appropriate that the movie would be that way because amber doesn't initially find success like she doesn't you know that the pageant becomes a flop Right. She doesn't win because of factors that are outside of her control, but then she, you know, in the end makes it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she accomplishes her dream or at least is close to it. And that's yeah, what happened with the movie it's itself. It's fitting. Mm-hmm. It's fitting. I love it. Yep. And that's that's my movie. That's it. What is What more is there to say? I mean, it's incredible. Uh- well, I do think we have to say thank you so much for being with us, Amanda, and discussing one of your favorite movies. Thank yes. you so much for having me. I would like, like Stefan said, I could easily go on and on about this movie for a hundred years. So I'll just <laughs> quit while we're ahead. But it's if you haven't seen it, please find a way to you know borrow your friend's HBO Max account, give it a watch. Uh, you know, forgive. Forgive some of its sins if you can, um, and try to pull the the real gold from the the shit pile that is Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yep. And just to, <laughs> just to remind everyone, it is available for free on Tubi, which Tubi is a free service. It just has ads. Oh, yeah, that is a good hack. All yeah, right. I'm writing this down. Well, I appreciate you both so so much thank you so much for having me and i would love to come back anytime yeah absolutely great so that brings us to our second movie miss congeniality yeah so this was 
kind of my pick to match up with Drop Dead Gorgeous, and I know you're so passionate about it. Um, I, I wanted to find something that I liked just as well. Um, as I mentioned, you know, we talked about other uh, mockumentaries to pair with it, but it's it's just not my space. It's not it's not my thing, you know. That's okay. I, I guess I don't find it as funny as some other people. Um, but you know, it's everybody has their things that they like, and that's what makes the world go round. Um, so anyway, this was a. 2000 release, uh, PG-13, action comedy crime, um, just in time for the holidays, actually, which I I don't see it as a holiday movie. No, at all. no. <laughs> it, it more centers around like the 4th of July. So <laughs> uh, maybe Summer Dreamin'. Um, or, but... April, or April 25th, as it's come to be associated with. <laughs> <laughs> And we will check off that for later. Yes. Um, it is described at an, as uh, an FBI agent must go undercover in the Miss United States beauty pageant to prevent a group from bombing the event. Um, and it stars uh, Sandra Bullock, America's sweetheart. Yes. Like, she is so fantastic. I love Sandra Bullock. Um, I Probably my favorite performance of hers has been in The Proposal. And I know people are going to roll their eyes or say she's been in so many other great movies. I get it. But, oh, my gosh, when she was with Betty White in the forest, mm -hmm. um, chanting along to balls, um, yeah. I just, I laugh my head off every time. It is great. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yep. Um, we also have Michael Caine, Benjamin Bratt, William Shatner, Ernie Hudson, like a whole slew of people. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's really fantastic. Yeah, so we're just going to kind of talk about it. I do have a slew of notes here. Um, I don't know if I'll talk about all of them. But uh, the first one I have is Kid Punches. Um, so the movie <laughs> opens up when Gracie, or uh, Sandra Bullock's character, um, is in elementary school and she sees a boy getting beat up and she stands up for him and you know the bully winds up punching a pillar when trying to punch her which no thank you you don't do that to girls no. um, and then you know she tries to tell the boy who is being picked on that you know he's sweet and he's quiet and you know he's not mean or rude like the other boys and you know girls like that and she likes that and he's like no, everybody's going to think I need a girl to fight my battles. I don't like you. And so she Man. winds up punching him straight in the face, which this hit, this kid has a great punch. Mm -hmm. Like she, she goes full force into it. It's great. And he just runs off. And, you know, I think it was a really great way to show the kind of character that Gracie is. Um, and that, you know, she's, open and forward and you know doesn't really care what other people think and uh you know stands up for people who need it um so then uh we move forward about 20 years or so and uh Gracie's in a russian restaurant with a book and i have obvious book angle 
um, <laughs> because she is now an FBI agent, and in the spine of this book is a camera that she is trying to get footage of these, uh, it seems like Russian mob bosses. And she, this one part, like the first time we see her, she's just sitting at such an awkward angle. Like her body is like facing the table, but then like she has her book like way to the side. And it, I just think it would be so like ridiculous to try and read like that. So it just, it's funny. And then, um, you know, this, this waitress comes up and gets right in the line of sight. And, uh, you know, the guys, I, I gotta say, this movie is very misogynistic on mm-hmm. the end. And it's really annoying and a bit fat phobic. Um, like, uh, when the server comes up, um, and they're trying, uh, Gracie is trying to get the camera angle around the server, and one guy is like, all we can see is this broad's butt. I think she has two butts. And, like, it just, mm-hmm. it's like, really? Really? Um, and so Gracie, being the quick thinker she is, she gets up and gives this waitress a hug so that she can get an angle with her camera, and she stands there and is, like, complimenting this woman on her borscht in Russia, <laughs> which, if you don't know what borscht is, it's cold beet soup. Um, Another thing I know from uh, Rugrats. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I've also to try borscht. I, I'm iffy. Um... I, I don't know if I've had too many cold soups in my life, but mm. I do like beets. So I don't know. You know, I I think it might be okay. With enough sour cream, I'm sure I'd like it. <laughs> Put enough sour cream on anything and you would like it, Stefan. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're thinking of ranch. <laughs> uh, I think it's both. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, the uh, FBI agents come in after they get the footage they need, and the mob boss starts to choke on a peanut. And, you know, the the uh, FBI boss is telling everybody to hold their positions. The guy is choking. Gracie, you know, being the person she is and only wants to do right, like, she's like, I need to help him. And so basically compromises the entire operation to help this mob boss mm-hmm. gets, you know, a knife held up to her neck in the, in thanks of it, pretty much. Right. Um, anyway, the FBI gets everybody, you know, good work, basically. But for that, uh, Gracie is put on desk duty for a while. Um, and so, like, we see, uh, well, we're not, um, we see Gracie go home, and uh, she tries to make a microwave meal. I love this part. Microwave is so janky. Like, the door doesn't shut or stay shut by itself. So she has to, like, stick a wooden, like, fork in there to keep it shut. Like, wedge it shut. Yeah. And, uh... Well, it's such a, ni- such a nice touch. Yeah. And, like, she's got, you know, some stuff on the floor of her apartment. Whatever. It's, you know, a New York apartment. Like... They're small, they're crowded, you know, it is mm-hmm. what And she actually winds up tripping over her stuff a couple of times, which, you know, she just, she's trying to, she's just trying to get around her apartment. Like, mm-hmm. it's just stuff. Um, but I, I gotta talk about, she uh, gets in a quick workout with 
a uh, sandbag that she's got hanging. Um, but she turns on some salt and pepper, none of your business. Mm-hmm. Actually, one of my karaoke songs, and I love it. It's it's wonderful. Oh, I feel like I've never heard you sing that. I've I've done it a few times. I just I need to go back to karaoke. Yeah, tell me about it. It, it really it really says a lot how this last year's been when up until a couple months ago I legitimately forgot, oh yeah, karaoke is something I love to do. Yeah. 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 I'm like, oh yeah, that. Yeah. Earlier this week I uh took a quick drive up to Duluth, uh, which from the cities is about two hours and fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. And I just, I was scream singing and rapping along to music and just, oh, it was so satisfying. It felt so good just to be just letting everything out and, you know, just went up there. You know, I, I think I took more time driving than actually staying in Duluth. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it was just, it was something nice to do, but um anyway i i love salt and pepper they're they're great um mm-hmm. so anyway uh the next day she gets a call as she's heading out to her car and uh she's like oh yeah okay uh i guess 20 minutes you know and puts the light on her car and speeds off and uh, we see her kind of push through this big, huge line and flash her credentials, you know, because she doesn't have a badge for FBI. Um, and she starts a coffee order. I'm like, really? <clears throat> and everybody there lets out this big, huge, collected, horrible, like, what the fuck, lady? But, I mean, Jesus, did you see that line? Yeah. Like, like, it wasn't even a line. It was like a crowd. It... It was like it seemed like it was like a combined line, and I I hate these so much. Mm-hmm. When there are several stations to check out, but then all the lines converge into one, mm-hmm. and it's it's just because you know they just want the first one available, which I understand, but like I wouldn't be you know a mile back if mm-hmm. we just made the three lines and stayed in them. You know? Yeah. So I just, I hate combined lines. I really do. Um, so anyway, it, it was a blatant misuse of police gear and credentials or FBI gear and credentials for coffee. And uh, when she gets to the office, she gets swarmed by all these men picking up their coffee. And it is men. It is mm-hmm. literally all men. And I'm just sitting here like, what, the woman had to get your breakfast? Really? Like, all of you are fucking capable, too. And, in fact, y'all probably had to do less than her to get ready. So maybe one of you can get the donuts and muffins next time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I guess it was also implied kind of like how, you know, the relegated to desk duty. So it's like humiliation. I, I guess being a woman, I see it differently. I suppose. Um, like, we don't know how many of those officers are on desk duty. You know, Legit. could be, you know, but no, they called her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so actually, uh, they started a meeting, and I noticed that there were two other women in this room full of men. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I'm like, couldn't we like divide this up? Like somebody bring in muffins and somebody bring in coffee. Like, let's work together. What's gonna work? Teamwork. So like, <laughs> it just it it's just frustrating that whole collection between you know making this some sort of faux emergency and then you know being the only one to bring in coffee and muffins yeah as much as i love this movie i don't like that whole section i guess um i do have to give a shout out they used an overhead projector right And, you know, kids, I don't know, like, what age people are listening, and anybody who's our age in their 30s would probably remember overhead projectors. They, you know, you lit them up from the bottom, and they had, like, some sort of arm with a head on top that would, like, uh, take the picture that you set over the glass Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, angle it so you could it up on a big screen basically um, yeah kind of like a movie but um only like a piece of paper yeah uh, but make it bigger so that you could see what the teacher is doing i always hated them they would like shot you know like the light if i would i mean if i was trying to you know whenever i rarely had to use one if we were doing like a group demonstration just you know i would always like get in the light you know i felt like in block it was just such a pain thank god for powerpoint yes seriously they use uh smart boards they have smart in uh in classes now so they don't Mm -hmm. even have to deal with the pain of these overhead projectors but i just thought it was something fun to point out yeah so um Gracie has a really horrible day, and she goes to, I guess, her local bar uh, after work and has something she's eating very sloppily. I don't know if it's tacos or a burger or what. Um, and uh, Pretty sure it was a burger. Okay. Yeah. Um, she, uh, she asks the bar to give her a pint, <laughs> and he takes out a pint of ice cream. And he's like, oh, that bad, huh? And she's like, yeah, I'm going to get chip-faced. Which I thought was pretty funny. Like, I relate to that on such a spiritual level. It's one of my it's favorite like... jokes throughout the entire movie. Like, mm-hmm. you're at a bar, normally you would drink alcohol and get shit-faced. But she's eating, you know, chocolate chip cookie dough and she's getting shit <laughs> uh, So she goes home. And goes to work the next day. And uh, her co-worker, um, Eric Matthews, played by Benjamin Bratt, who I I don't know what he's up to lately. I haven't seen him around in much. Me neither. Um, I just, he, it seemed like he was around for a while and he was hot stuff. And mm-hmm. then he just kind of fell off. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. He was in a, the, the animated, the Pixar movie Coco. Was he? Uh, yeah. Oh, he was oh, in he... Doctor Strange. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, on well, TV, I'm... he was on a show Star. Oh, That's okay. about it. Well, I mean, with him being of Latino descent, or um, 
I, I believe he's Latino, uh, or at least partially. You know, yeah. it, it makes sense that he's in Coco. Like, oh, that movie was so great. Yeah. But, uh, so he was basically uh, awarded a team to head a team, basically, and he got to pick who was on it uh, for this case that they're working on. And, uh, you know, Gracie doesn't want to be on desk duty. I guess nobody really does. Um, but, like, she tried to talk to her boss, you know, as they're walking down the hallway. And, you know, she's giving him, like, all these points about why she shouldn't be on desk duty and all of this. And he just brushes her off. Like, yeah. it's no big thing. And it's it just, uh so frustrating. And I'm like, um, who are you to talk? You were you were in the ghost you were you were in the Ghostbusters squad. <laughs> yeah. Which which we will check off that for later. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh Benjamin Bratt, Eric Matthews, uh uh asks her to be a part of the team. Um and so they're they're kind of uh sitting there in uh, well, he doesn't ask her just yet, but they're kind of sitting there in this meeting room uh, without Big Boss Man, and um, they're trying to think of how they're going to get into the Miss United States pageant, which is being uh, um, zeroed in on by a uh, serial killer. Is it um, like a a bomber? Yeah, a terrorist. Uh, terrorist, yeah. Um, called the Citizen. And so they have to rescue these girls and make sure nothing goes wrong. And uh, they're they're trying to sit there and think about, you know, how they're going to, you know, have surveillance and everything. And the guys are sitting there, no thought, no nothing of anything. And Gracie's in the background just walking around like, well, hey, what about this? And every time she does that, Eric goes, oh, yeah, I just had a good idea. And she comes up, like, with two or three more thoughts. And he's like, now I'm thinking. And it's like, no, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> um, so it's just, it's really, again, being a woman, it's really mm -hmm. frustrating to watch this being, you know, being basically... Uh, steamrolled over this mm -hmm. and it's just it's it's frustrating being on Gracie's side oh yeah uh, so then we move on to the next section and uh, one of the guys um, is able to pull up a Barbie type doll website and see the kind of clothes that she has and then they put them on the uh, um, agents. It, it's such great late 90s technology. <laughs> yeah, it is. But it's it's also pretty fun. And uh, Stefan actually pointed out uh, that they had Pepsi One, which, mm -hmm. oh my word, just the crazy, you know, beverages that companies right. come up with. And, like, Mountain Dew with their whole slew of different, you know, flavors and whatnot, and it's just, it's wild. It's its like Crystal Pepsi, you know, back in the, what, mid-90s. Yeah. Like, it just, it's just wild. Um, 
So they're playing dress up and they find one woman. She's super hot. And Gracie's the one to point out that, oh, she's on maternity leave. Okay. And so they start making a game of it, putting different uh, male male agents in some of these outfits. There's like a, a rumba dress and like a mm-hmm. cherry swimsuit and um they're just making kind of an afternoon out of it and it just it's so fun and then they put uh benjamin bratt in uh was he in the dress or the swimsuit the swimsuit i believe Uh, oh wait no no he was in the dress yeah he was in the rumba dress he's like haha very funny i got one and he puts the big boss ernie hudson into the uh, cherry swimsuit. And he's like, oh! And, of course, Big Boss is right behind him. Because, of course, because cliches. Yep, of course. But it's still it's still pretty funny. And I have to say, Mr. Hudson has a decent figure going on with that cherry swimsuit. Oh, yeah. But, anyway, um, Matthew's like, hold on, hold on. I got one more. Puts Gracie in the swimsuit. And he's like, you know what? That's not half bad. We're going to do this and basically convinces his boss to have Gracie uh, be part of the pageant. And Gracie is not the most graceful or um, I'm not going to say she's not the most beautiful because Sandra Bullock is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. I mean, even I mean, you could see Gracie was beautiful. I mean, the only the only issue was. I mean, if you want to call it an issue, was, you know, her hair was kind of frizzy. Yeah, her hair was kind of frizzy. That was she it. had very, um, you know, uh, monotone makeup, uh, you know, just basically made her look dowdy. Um, it's the whole, like, glasses and ponytail thing in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. You know, equals really ugly. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so um, I actually, I... My main bad guy is Ernie Hudson, and he does play the big boss in this movie uh, mm-hmm. of the FBI. But he has been in a bunch of stuff, and you would probably recognize him from uh, almost all of the Ghostbusters movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he he was on Grace and Frankie for a while. Mm-hmm. He, uh, you know, he was on Hot Streets. Uh, he did an episode of Arrow, it looks like. Um, he's he's just kind of been around. Uh, he's a huge filmography. Huge. He oh, he was in um, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Have you ever seen that? I have not, but I've wanted to. He's really good in that. Okay. Um, oh, he was on Key and Peele. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, he was on Franklin and Bash. Uh, Rizzoli and Isles. Um, it looks like he does a lot of, like, Law stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like he did an episode of Scandal. Uh, he was on Transformers Prime, the TV series, so his voice was on there. Um, but yeah, he's got a hell of a long uh, rap page for filmography. But you know, he's worth it. He does a good job, and so you know, he he's my main that guy actor. Um, and I do have one other one, but we will mm-hmm. we'll get to it. Yeah. Um, so next, uh, we find Gracie um, 
basically in the gym working off some stress and I I remember when I first watched this movie this scene was cute and fun now in 2021 with uh, everything that has happened and the Me Too movement and uh, some of our favorite celebrities are not our favorites anymore for uh, little indiscretions. Um, she and Matthews get into kind of like a wrestling, play fighting scrap, if you will. And um, basically, you know, if I win, you'll do the pageant, you know, and things like that. And uh, before this even starts, he smacks her on the butt. Which is yeah. Like, HR violation. Yeah, right there. big time. Yeah. And it's just, it's frustrating because, of course, this is a male-driven community. And everything going on with the cops here in 2021 is just like, ugh. Just ugh. Yeah, and I know. And so, you know, for them to treat her like that is just even more ugh. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in one point, they've both got you know, each other's heads in leg locks. And, uh, you know, Gracie's asking, you know, I even have to do the swimsuit part. And he's like, even even the tiny swimsuit. And, like, he walks his fingers across, like, her hip bone where it connects to her pelvis. And I'm like, whoa, buddy. Whoa. Yeah. Not okay. Slow your roll. Mm. Like, uh uh-uh. uh. No. No, sir. Um, I mean, we are in the age of consent, you know, so it just, it, uh, watching this in 2021 is just, is just an issue because I, mm-hmm. I remember liking this a lot more when I was less aware. I was mm-hmm. less. Oh. Yeah, you like a lot of things more when you're less aware. Yeah. It's just sad. Yeah. Um, but she, uh, <laughs> one of my favorite things is she actually administers an elbow drop on him, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. It was really great. I love it. Um, and at the end of the fight, you know, Matthews won, supposedly, because uh, he pinned her. Um, and he smacks her on the butt again, which, ugh, again. Mm. But she gets the last uh, word, so to speak, when she kicks his legs out from under him, and he's left on the mat, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, it it was pretty fun. Um, so, throughout the movie, we have these little vignettes, these little crime vignettes. And uh, at this point, we see a crown... And, uh, um, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Um, anyway, w- there are these crime vignettes throughout the movie, basically telling us how the, uh, the, um, villain supposedly is doing on their end mm-hmm. and seeing how close they've, they've been coming to this and giving us little hints about who they are. Um, and so... Gracie and Matthews goes to the 
director, basically, of the entire operation, Kathy Morningside, played by the Candace Bergen, who mm-hmm. did amazing in this role. Yeah. Like, she's, she's so fantastic. She's the, the Gladys Lehman in this movie, for sure. <laughs> yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but at one point, excuse me, um, she she kind of has a little speech going and she stands up and the area around the meeting table that they're at has pictures of past pageant winners. And the way this camera is set up is so perfect. She stands up and it <laughs> looks like she's wearing the crown. And I mean, more or less she is. Um, that was great. It, it's her pageant. She's going to do it her way. And uh, it's it's so funny. Um, she uh, she gets on the intercom to call her assistant, Frank. She's like, Frank, Frank, Frank. Frank. And he's just like standing outside the door. He just comes running. It's like, mm-hmm. you're right there. Why didn't you just come in? Right. And Frank is my that person. Oh, yeah? Of this movie. He's played by Steve Monroe. Uh, Many people will recognize him recently. He had a small role in Promising Young Woman. He was the detective uh, towards the end and the one in the very final, very satisfying scene of that movie where justice was served. I'm just going to say without saying anything else about that movie, if you haven't seen it, go see it. It's incredible. Hard to watch, but definitely an incredible movie. Uh, Do you remember his character on Sister, Sister? Wasn't he kind of like a dumb jock kind of character? Yeah. He was friends with, I think Myron was that guy's name. I'm I'm not ashamed to admit I thought Myron was hot as a kid. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, He he is a redhead. Yeah. His name was uh, Steve. Also, also Steve, yep, <laughs> on that show. Only on season three. He's going to be in a movie adaptation of the Roe v. Wade trial. All, all it says in the personal life section, Wikipedia, Monroe was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and is a committed Catholic. Oh, so well then. Interesting. Good for him? Yeah, I mean... Um... <laughs> And uh, I'm glad you talked about him because he was one of my that guy or that oh. actor people. So I'm glad you brought him up. Um, so yeah, Frank is uh, Frank is Kathy's assistant and basically her monkey. Um, and Gracie and uh, Eric head out to lunch at a meeting uh, Kathy set up with Vic who is Michael Caine's character. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just, I love him so much that he <laughs> is my MVP for this movie. Um, I was going to hold it till the end, but no, he, he is my MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's exactly right for this role. I yes. don't know if it was written for him, but he owned it. Yeah. He, like, he made it what it needed to be. I think anybody else would have made it really campy and a little too um, 
shoot, what's the word? A little too... Like, caricature? Um, yeah, caricature. Just over the top. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I feel... I'm chewing the scenery. I feel like they would have been more like Jack on Will and Grace. Yes, and that the um, the character that replaced him in the second one was very much like that, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, like, he he is gay, the character is gay, but he's not obnoxious. No. You know? And he uses it to his advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, like, at one point they need to get backstage at the pageant. And uh, uh, unfortunately, there's some homophobia in this movie regarding mm-hmm. Eric. But, um, you know, they they went, they went go to walk backstage and this woman's like, oh, you can't come back here. Oh, Vic, it's just you. And uh, he's like, yep. And uh, he's with me and says about uh, Eric. And Eric's like, well, no, wait, I'm not like with him. And he reaches around and he's like, let's go, Cupcake. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you you need to be gay to be back here. Like, this, yes. <laughs> this or is the, you're not getting right now. Yeah. Or the uh, former, <laughs> either gay or the former president. Ew. As we, you know, found out. Yeah. How about, how about not? No. Yeah. So, um, anyway... Vic sees he's got a lot of work ahead of him, starts mm-hmm. training right away. Uh, Eric actually ditches Gracie at lunch because he is so uncomfortable around Vic, which says a lot about Eric's character, which is really gross and dumb. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, literally training starts right away when, you know, Vic says, oh, are you ready for some lunch? And Gracie goes, yeah. And he goes, yes. She goes, yeah. And he goes, yes. And she goes, yeah. And he goes, it is always yes, never yeah. <laughs> and so from that point forward, you know, her training has started. And I just want to say, I hope Vic never, never goes to Germany then. Well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean... Language barrier and dialect I, I know. aside. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> the, the sassy frustration Gracie has throughout this entire thing. Yes. Like, she, she'll do it, but she's going to let you know she's not happy about it. Like, it just, it's great. And all of her quips and comebacks to basically every little thing. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they go outside of the restaurant and Vic is telling her to glide, glide, don't pick up your feet, don't look at your feet, glide. And like he demonstrates it at one point and she's like, you have to be a very comfortable man to be doing that. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, it it just shows you, you know, that as much as she hates it, it's part of the job and she loves the job and she's yep. going to. She, she's dedicated to her work. Yeah. So um, now they fly them, Vic and her and Matthews and a whole team, down to San Antonio where the pageant is. And they take her to an airline hangar where mm-hmm. basically they have 
every I'm gonna say beautification slash slash torture device and procedure you can go through mm-hmm. to make you quote unquote beautiful. Um and as they're walking in, Vic starts, you know, uh bossing people around and he says, Teeth, hair, Manny, Petty. And she says, which one first? And he says, all of them. Oh, my word. The amount of stuff that women have to go through. Um, I I just, you know, they had had to use umpteen products and several tools just to get her hair that straight, flat, and shiny. Mm -hmm. Like... This is why they need an airline hanger for, you know, all of the waxing she needs to get done. Like, they only cover the bikini wax and see her walking funny after a bikini wax. But I can guarantee you, to be in that pageant, she would have had to have her legs, her full legs waxed, her underarms waxed, her bikini line waxed. And that's just basic areas. We're not even talking about... Toes, fingers, stomach, uh, lip, eyebrows. I mean, basically anywhere hair grows, which is completely normal on a human being. And if you're mm-hmm. grown up by that, then grow the fuck up. Um, but yeah, they just, it's just insane, you know, what she had to go through in 24 hours you know, to become quote-unquote beautiful, to be in this scholarship opportunity, because it's not a beauty pageant. Um, So she, uh, at one point, she gets hungry, and she goes to grab a donut, and Vic grabs it out of her hand, and it's, this is a running gag, and he hands Mm -hmm. her celery, and uh, she turns to Eric. And she's like, mm, mm, mm. and he just takes a bite of the donut. And he's like, mm, mm, mm. she yeah. as she's walking away, she beans him in the head with the celery. I'm like, like thank you, right? <laughs> Good. You know, I mean, if you're not gonna eat it, at least make it so it's you know useful to you. <laughs> right, and boy, he he deserved that, and then some, which he will get us come up and later on. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so they uh, they get to the hotel that the uh, contestants are staying at, and actually on this watch through, I noticed something that I had not seen before, and that um, you can see in the background these women handing out pamphlets or like guides or something. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. But check off that for later. Uh, it actually, she gets one of those. She gets a hold of one of those and uses it. Um, mm-hmm. They're they are wearing very, uh, very bright costumes. I will say that. Um, so you know they they get backstage and she's getting ready uh, for the breakfast that they're going to, and. Or not even backstage. They're going. She's walking through this breakfast, and she's got a hidden, like a personal camera on her, 
And all these guys are just making so many comments. And it's mm. like, I'm I'm guessing this is the equivalent to locker room talk. But Yeah. They're just crowding around. It's like, geez, don't you have work to do? Well, and her camera is right at the level of women's torsos. So yeah. you can see there it starts at midway of their neck and goes down to like the tops of their knees. Mm-hmm. And so they're all just making comments like, you know, the contestant from Hawaii is like, Aloha. And they're like, Aloha. Like, <laughs> guys, calm down. And I, I just, my note just says so misogynistic. Right. Like, it just, it's, it's a running theme throughout this movie. And Oh, yeah. I get that the women are beautiful and have great figures and things like that, but calm down. Right. Yeah, I love, I love the part when the when Anna mentioned this when we watched it. How like when the girls all introduce themselves, it's like you know, it's every like stereotype of the state they represent. Like Aloha, this is this is uh, uh, another woman from Texas. Hi y'all, or oh yeah, you know. Yeah, it's cute. You know, it's like we're not going to get to know them very much, so yeah, just throw right. that in so you can associate and remember. Yeah, you got to play it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, something else I noticed during this breakfast, and uh, Kathy actually gets up to make a speech. Gracie is the only one eating. Yeah, because you know she's starving. Well, not only that, but these girls are trying to keep their figures. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to look the skinniest and prettiest in their swimsuits and things like that. And it's, it's kind of sad. <laughs> uh, I mean, with what women go through and starve themselves and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it leads to, you know, a gag where they have to plug her microphone in or her earpiece and there's feedback and she's got a cover for it, but it just, it's just sad a little bit that, you know, nobody's eating but her. Yeah. Um, and it's it's funny. Um, William Shatner gets up, who's kind of like the co-host of the pageant. And uh, he's talking about how it's his last year and he's retiring. And Texas, who has the nose for news, um, She's like, oh, he's not retiring. They're firing him. They're going to bring in someone younger and hotter. Oh, I hope it's Ricky Martin. <laughs> which, <laughs> which in 2021, that's kind of funny. Um, right. He's, he's since come out as gay. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I just saw on Facebook the other day, a uh, spread in a men's health magazine he did. And he looks damn good oh he's aged beautifully oh yeah and he's in like these leather pants and he looks gorgeous and then he's just got this like white full like goatee Mm -hmm. but it's like really nice it's not like a douchey goatee right yeah and oh if if you get the chance i highly suggest looking it up it is hot but anyway i digress (laughs) um Mm-hmm. So they continue the afternoon where the girls are learning choreography and they're doing some exercising to limber up beforehand. And 
Gracie is like dominating these exercises because as an FBI agent, she has to go through all this and, you know, do all, you know, they've had, she's had to go through obstacle courses and stuff like that. And uh, they're doing side high kicks and Gracie's like, yeah, I got this. And the look Texas gives behind her <laughs> is so great. Like, how are you doing this? Like, <laughs> like this is not normal. <laughs> so after a long day of learning choreo and, you know, being beautiful and all that, um, she, she, uh, she's getting ready to go to bed and, um, Rhode Island comes around sweet little Rhode Island. Uh, comes around with her non-fat hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, her name is Cheryl Frazier. Yep. Yeah. Yep. She She's, in my opinion, kind of the Amber Atkins of this movie. Yes. Yes. She's very humble and sweet and mm-hmm. not a lot of confidence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just, you know, the, the mousy, cute girl. Um, mm-hmm. And, I think, you know, they wanted her to play small because Rhode Island is small. So I think uh, right. they tried to really personify those states. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we had a nice bonding moment between Gracie and, you know, uh, Cheryl. And um, apparently the hot chocolate was not good. Um, and, you know, it just... It it was a nice gesture of Cheryl to try mm-hmm. to, you know, at least meet the other girls and make friends. Yeah. Um, and finally, Gracie gets to lay down, and she's just about to go to sleep, and there's a knock at the patio door, and it's Eric. And he's like, Vic wants you. And she's like, no, I have had no sleep in three days. I'm not going. And he says, I'll give you a cookie. So, better be a big cookie. <laughs> better be a big cookie. And so she goes and she's, you know, working on, you know, gracefully walking down these, uh, this set of steps that they have for some part of the pageant. And mm-hmm. she's clenching her thighs and is having the worst time. And he's like, you need to be light, like you're walking on air. Stop clenching. There should be a gap between your thighs and a gap between your calves. and Or no, a gap between your knees and a gap between your ankles. I, I think that's it. And just stop clenching. And so she's like, hold it. Just wait a minute. And she reaches under her dress. She pulls out a gun, a holster, I want to say <laughs> an extra magazine. Uh, you know, I think there was a knife in there, uh, handcuffs. Um, I think the kitchen sink at one point. Yeah, I think there's a lot of fallout. <laughs> and she hands it all to Vic, and Vic literally has to hold it with two hands. Like, all of this strapped under her dress. Like, it's just insane. Like, if you're going to give her a dress like that, at least put, like, extra pockets mm-hmm. inside. Or like hooks or something like you know those uh, those guys in like cartoons and stuff that have the trench coats and you open it up and they have all the stuff for sale. Right. Hey, you want to buy something? Hey, it's just like, like hustler kid from recess. Exactly. 
quickly. Yeah. Like, at least, you know, if you're, if an FBI agent is going to be in a pageant, at least, you know, equip her dresses for her. Mm -hmm. So, um, we, uh, we get to a point where she's, uh, she's, she goes for a donut and it gets taken away and she gets a carrot and, uh, Eric and Vic step off to talk for a minute and we turn back to Gracie and uh, she she's like, yeah, all right, sounds great and tries to walk off and he's like, ah, ah, ah. And she pulls a donut out of each um, <laughs> bust area, each cup mm -hmm. of her dress, I shall say. And mm -hmm. I refer to it as donut boobs. I mean... <laughs> Quite honestly, I think they would fit in there quite well. I mean, it kind of reminded me of, do you remember that commercial for some, some like weight loss thing where it was like they, the woman bought like two donuts and then like taped them right to her butt and walked out because the joke was like, that's where they're going to end up. It was some <laughs> commercial from like probably 15 years ago about that. Yeah. No, but what a horrible waste of donuts. Right. I know. <laughs> It's it's a tragedy. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I have a I have a bakery by my house, and they are just delicious. I will second that. It's the um, other than you and your whole family. The the second the second thing I miss the most about leaving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Maplewood Bakery. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, you come by twice a week, so you can't miss it that much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, they're usually closed when I come by, but yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, boo. Um, anyway, so she hands over the two donuts, and she's trying to make a hasty exit, and they have a uh, canine officer walking in to to uh, sniff for bombs, and it uh, detects her and stops, and she reaches down and pulls out a donut from in between her thighs. <laughs> and it's like, oh, poor Gracie. Yeah. And I don't think she got that cookie either. When no, I, I didn't see I a cookie. About it. I would be ticked. I'd be like, where's my damn cookie? Mm -hmm. I need at least, you know, a Hershey's kiss to keep going here. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, more criminal vignettes. Um, they're, they're doing stuff with uh, C4 bomb, bombing clay, it looks like, uh, and uh, the crown for the Miss United States pageant. And... Uh, the next day, in an open-air uh, kind of stage area and live audience, they're doing the talent competition. And there's a little, you know, uh... oh, goodness, why can't I think of anything? Um, sorry, I'm, I'm a little under the weather right now, and my brain is a little foggy. Um... But they they have a it's not vignettes, but just like a montage. Uh, thank you. They have a montage of uh, some of the other contestants' uh, performances, mm -hmm. and one of them is dancing and doing balloon animals. Yeah, and there was another another scene. Um similar to Drop Dead Gorgeous when they were at the airport hojo and they do like they show like the different contestants across Minnesota and they do like their show off their talents. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, just this uh this one is dancing around with a couple of balloons linked and I Okay, so 
I, I have to make a side note here. Um, in junior high, me, being as smart as I was, I thought it would be cool to learn how to make balloon animals. So uh-huh. I bought a kit which had the book, the pump, the balloons, all of it. And I learned how to make like 20 different balloon animals and balloon hats and I still retain some of this knowledge and that's a little factoid about me that I can make some balloon animals and so I'm just sitting here I'm like you know what what is she gonna make with the two balloons linked I want to see that because at the you know very quick point that we see her um they look like basic fish so I'm just like ooh, what's gonna happen Mm-hmm. But <laughs> we get to Gracie, who is dressed in this ridiculous red dress with, like, she's got to be wearing, like, three crinoline skirts to mm-hmm. make that poofy. And the most ridiculous platform shoes, like, I I can't even imagine how these uh, we're we're actually coming around back to it. Uh, that check off that for later. These pamphlet girls were wearing outside when they first got to the hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, platforms and all. I can't imagine spending eight hours on my feet handing out pamphlets in a this outfit and b those platforms. Like right. Oof. Like I just. No, thank you. Um, and so she uh, she surprises everybody by playing the water glasses. Um, I always wanted to learn how to do this, by the way. Yeah, I, uh, I, I've always thought it was really cool. Um, as I mentioned the other night when we were watching this, you know, I got to do it at my in-law's house. Um, there's one point where they had you know, their crystal out. We were just drinking water from it. But uh, at one point, like, I was able to get it going with, you know, my finger. And we each just started going. And it was just, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's been my only experience with it. But it's actually really cool. And it's really a cool skill to have or a talent to have. Um, and so she sees this guy and she's talking in her head in her uh, earpiece while she's up playing the water glasses. And, like, she is playing a full-on song. Mm-hmm. Like, she's not just, like, dinking around making random noises. No, no. She's playing a full-on song, including uh, bells that she has to grab and shake. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's she's trying to get her team to locate this guy who's walking towards the stage and she's freaking out. She's just trying to describe him. And, like, the only thing that she describes is he's wearing a white Stetson. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, everybody in Texas has a cowboy hat. Right. Yeah. So it's like, that's not helpful. How about he's wearing a full long sleeve jacket in summer? Like, that's that's a thing. Like, mm-hmm. it just, it's, it's wild like it's beyond comprehension that an fbi agent doesn't know how to describe somebody more than a white stetson so anyway this guy is moving along the stage she's trying to get her you know fbi team to 
take out this guy so she doesn't have to do anything. And there, she has guys on the ground, on the ceil- on the roof of a building, like, across the way. And he's literally the only guy, like, continually moving. <laughs> like, how? <laughs> how are you missing this? And eventually he gets close enough that she's not going to wait any longer. And she full-on takes off running in these platforms and stage dives onto him. Yeah, that was beautiful. It is great. It is literally one of the best, like, just stills, I would have to say, of the entire film. Just mm-hmm. her flying through the air. Like, it's yeah. just so funny. And, you know, as ridiculous as this outfit is, I do have to give kudos that they didn't have, you know, her boobs, like, hanging out. Because this shot was, you know, head on, face on right. her, flying through the air horizontally. And so, like, her boobs aren't, like, hanging out at the top of it or anything like that. So I just, I do have to give kudos to the costume department for that, you know, um, and like with the spankies she's wearing, um, which are like underwear, like shorty shorts that have the same ruffles as the crinoline, like they're not halfway up her butt or things mm-hmm. like that. So kudos to the costume department on this absolutely ridiculous yet somehow respectful costume. Um, (laughs) so she takes down this guy and basically covers it as a non-smoking PSA, which again, (laughs) quick thinking, like it just, you know, it's, it's, (laughs) it's definitely one way to get them thinking about it. Um, Mm -hmm. and so later on, uh, uh, we find out that, um, when she gets together with, uh, um, Kathy and Eric to check in, uh, they find out that a woman licked the envelope. So the citizen mm-hmm. might be a woman. Um, and, you know, I, I've watched all of Criminal Minds a few times through, and I'm like, where are your profilers? Like, you know, why aren't they telling you this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> right. But hey, at least, you know, DNA got that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, his MO says, you know, differently from a woman. And they're like, oh, well, maybe he got his girlfriend to lick the envelope. Who knows? Whatever. Right. You know, brush it off. It made me think of um, uh, the uh, the Zodiac, where there was the, the DNA that was supposedly with the stamp getting licked. But then it turned out it was oh, inadmissible. Yeah. yeah, it reminded me of that. Yep. Yep. Um, but they're just they're just seeing it as, you know, some semblance of uh of clues, you know, instead of nothing to go on. Mm-hmm. Um and so, you know, Eric is happy about that and uh Kathy um is kind of sick of Gracie's comments and things toward her pageant. Um and she steps out she asks, you know, uh, William Chatner and Eric to step out. And she straight up threatens Gracie by death. Mm-hmm. 
it, it's like check check the room honey you're talking away to an fbi agent yeah it's like <laughs> are, are you deranged what is going on here like you can't speak that way to people let alone an fbi agent mm-hmm. like she could have you arrested and thrown in jail just for mm-hmm. that yeah and then and then the end of this scene just to solidify it she makes gracie spit out her gum into kathy's hand oh i know uh, like you know women can't chew gum like mm-hmm. just, and it's such just a dominant mom thing to do like ah mm-hmm. uh, just just you know it's it's like her solidifying like i am the alpha here i yeah. am top dog like you will not defy me um and so after basically after that gracie's like i'm quitting i'm done i'm not dealing with this and uh you know goes to uh Oh, she's doing an interview with Vic. This was mm-hmm. her breaking point. Yeah. That she hasn't had any sleep. She's barely had anything to eat. She's trying to do an interview with Vic, and he's not taking her, you know, comments either. You know, she's she's basically sick of people not believing in her ability to do this. And uh, she's just like, you know what? I quit. I'm sick of this. I I've reached my breaking point. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Give me that damn donut. And she, at gunpoint. <laughs> yes, at gunpoint. She literally to get a donut must hold a gun to Vic's head. Mm-hmm. And that's when she gets a donut. Yeah. And I don't blame her. Honestly, mm-hmm. I probably would have done that a lot sooner. But then again, I don't have the figure of Sandra Bullock, so. <laughs> You know, I, I, kudos to her that she held out for that. Yeah. Uh, and so she goes to find Matthews and, uh, he's at the pool doing laps and she tells him that she's quitting. You know, I thought was funny the part where he was doing laps where he, uh, so when he told his, his uh, colleague, I'm going to do laps. He said, I'll be back in 15 minutes. Yeah. I'm like, How many laps could you possibly do? Cause it's going to be like five minutes to change, get to the pool. Unless if you had your suit on underneath your clothes, you yeah. know, it's like, and then you, know, you got to dry off. It's like, you could do maybe five minutes of swimming tops. Yeah. Like, like that, that pinged me too. I was like, what? yeah, like, hmm, really? Like, well, I was like, what laps are you doing? Are you doing running laps? Are you going running in your suit? Like that, I don't understand this. Like, those are not running shoes. I know you're not talking about swimming because you can't even do that. Like, no, <laughs> this mm-hmm. this does not compute. No. Um, <laughs> so anyway, she gets to the pool after she has enjoyed her donut. And um, he is swimming laps. And uh, I, I have to mention, he is wearing a swim cap. And goggles. I'm like, huh. Okay. I I don't see that many people wearing swim caps, but especially guys. Yeah. I don't see guys wearing swim caps very Those often. take me back to junior high. Really? Yeah, because we when we did swimming uh swimming in PE. Did they make you wear them? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, they never made us wear them, but like Jealous. we had the option. But it just I don't know. I I don't know if it's out of vanity or what, or just that, you know, they kinda look funny, but you know, I I don't know. I just I I guess I don't understand why you would wear a swim swim cap for a quick few laps. Yeah, I mean Wants to get so, his speed up, I guess. Yeah, gotta get that extra, you know, point two mile per hour. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> Since I've mentioned this before, uh, Pepper Ran, one of my favorite episodes is where her crush, who was on the swim team, shaved his head to go faster, and his head was all like weirdly shaven. Yes. without hair <laughs> and she's like oh my god i'm such a terrible person for being creeped out by this <laughs> you know, I've, I've heard of that happening in real life and actually uh at one point my swim team and the swim team in high school the guys went through and uh shaved they all shaved their heads mm-hmm. and i remember one guy and i don't want to sound mean or anything like lip shaming someone with looks yeah or whatever he straight up looked like a penis like <laughs> his his head it just he looked like a penis i'm just like oh no no don't do that again like mm-hmm. uh, just, yeah some people it suits some people it doesn't yeah yeah, yeah. vin diesel yes oh yeah yes the rock yes Mm-hmm. Kid from high school? No. <laughs> so, during this pool scene, you know, um, she tells Matthews she's quitting, and he basically talks her out of it by listing all of, his, all of her great qualities and admitting that, you know, if they all looked at her like he saw her, then they would just love her. Mm-hmm. I love how she gets his attention. Just chucking the football. <laughs> it's like you, he just, just, just go ahead, go ahead. Don't worry about him. <laughs> great aim too. Like yeah, he held it right. She threw it right. Like he, she hit him. Like that. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like throwing football is not that easy. So it just, it it was good. But I, you know, as I sit here and talk about it. Um, this comes to mind that it really shows you how into looks Matthews is. Because if he's noticed all this other stuff, but hasn't asked her out, it's it's basically because of how she looked. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, you don't chalk it up to being coworkers or anything like that. It's just comes down to how she looked and i'm like really mm-hmm. really and i mean we knew he was a shallow ass mm-hmm. even from the beginning gracie was in the bar getting chip faced and he brings in this like 21 year old college student who's you know dressed in trendy clothing and blonde right. and perfect makeup and all this stuff and the one question she asks Grace, she can ask her anything about the Bureau. The one question she asks is, oh, do you all have to wear such masculine shoes? Right. Other than that, she was surprisingly, you know, polite to Gracie. 
Yeah. Just not, not, I mean, not visibly disgusted, at least. No. Yeah. No, and she did not uh, earn the ire that Gracie had towards her. But, right. Um, but, and not to excuse it, but I can also see, you know, if she's had feelings for Matthews for a while, but he keeps going after these, you know, little pretty college girls that, He'll see once or twice and then toss aside. Like I can see being frustrated with that. Mm-hmm. Um. So you know he goes through and lists off her good, uh, her good qualities, and you know wins her back into continuing with the pageant. And uh, so next day is um, swimsuit swimsuit competition, and. All of the contestants are wearing red or pink swimsuits. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why, why, why? This this is not cute. And um, later on, when they're on stage, like I saw, kind of like the background for the logo they were using, and it has like red, orange, and pink are like the three main colors that they're using. Mm-hmm. But there's no orange to be seen. I'm like. You know, if you put some of them in orange, I can see that. You know, I can see going with the colors, you know. But there's none. It's just red and pink. And it's like Valentine's Day threw up all over. Like, it just... (sighs) And then Vic comes in um, with um, breast enhancers, I would say. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And Gracie says, those better be candy bowls. And, I mean, <laughs> quite honestly, they could probably double as shallow ones. Um, yeah. But, you know, the guys in the office are watching again, and they're like, oh, you know, he's going to the promised land and just still making shitty jokes. I'm like, really? Oh, no. It's like, get back to work. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's their job to watch for suspicious behavior. but All of them? You know, yeah. why do that when you can watch girls in swimsuits pa- walk around without your without their knowledge? Right. Yeah. Um, and so this is actually where we learn some uh, beauty secrets. And I actually learned these beauty secrets uh, when I first watched this movie and how uh, Preparation H can help take the baggies under, take care of, you know, sw- under eye swelling, which I mm-hmm. have heard works. Um, and hairspray to uh, keep clothing items in place. Um, I have not heard if that one has worked or not. Um, I have not tried it. Um, I can imagine that it would dissolve in water. Um, Mm -hmm. But for those needs, I usually use, you know, fabric tape, um, and it helps a lot. And uh, works a lot better than than I think hairspray would. Yeah. Uh, and so I have a note here that says creeper, but I oh creeper Frank dance. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so as as the girls are walking around on stage, um, Frank Frank is disgusting. Frank is he he is just a piece of shit in every way. Yeah, and uh, he's made comments to several of the contestants. Like, at one point Mm. he says, Oh, Washington, nice apples. Nice apples. Ew. Ew. 
like I I feel slimy. Mm-hmm. Just even thinking about that comment, just so gross. Or uh, he's like, "Hey Texas," or "Nice ass Texas," or something Texas. like that. I'm like, it's just like really, you're just you're so gross. I guess they tried to make him not as bad by making him an idiot, but it didn't work. You know, I I would say he's oafish. Mm-hmm. Oafish, or more of a buffoon. Yeah, bumbling buffoon. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Or at least seeming to be. Anyway. Yes. Check off that for later. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but he's uh, as the girls are walking around, he's like doing this like creepy like head bobbing dance, and it's like, dude, calm mm-hmm. down. He's just like watching the girls walk around a little too intensely. It just it's gross. Um, and we get to the most uh, iconic line of this film, or iconic kind of grouping of lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. No. Um, it's not during swimsuits. Uh, they went to another part uh, where they were asking them questions, and they the the interview area. Yeah, it's like yeah. a short interview, but the girls were able to get dressed for it. Uh, but it's the perfect date quote, and yeah. uh, William Shatner asks uh, Cheryl, Miss Rhode Island, you know, what's your idea of a perfect date? And she says uh, April twenty fifth. It's just the right temperature where you only need a light jacket. <laughs> yeah, and as of recording, it just was April 25th a few days ago, so you probably saw that gif floating around as per the usual. It's kind of like the, you know, it's October 3rd with Mean Girls. Yep. Yeah, or, and funny. Uh, or go ahead. Or Justin Timberlake, you know, it's gonna be May. Which in just two minutes it will be May, by the way. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, um, Cheryl was feeling really down, and, uh, Gracie remembered how nice she was, and the guys are saying, oh, you know, we dug up some info on Cheryl, and back in college, she was this big, like, protester, we need to find out more about her, and so, um, Gracie brings pizza and beer to hang out with Cheryl, and the other girls are in the gym working out, and they're like, (gasps) oh! That's illegal. You can't bring that. Do you know how many calories are in that? Da, 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 da. And she's like, you know what? Uh, it's pizza and beer. Like, it's light not beer at that. Well, it's light beer, and she's going to throw it up anyway. Mm, so, I didn't like that. Yeah. Yay, bulimia? No. Yeah. No, no. Um, so, anyway, each of the girls kind of kind of takes a slice and she's like oh well we're gonna need more and takes them out to this cool like bar club and they all go in their like gym clothes which I'm like really? Really? You're Mm -hmm. just gonna go out like that? Like I would think you would want to look a little better I mean I guess it's clothes that you know you won't mind getting ruined Yeah um, I I guess, you know, if they looked it up beforehand, but Mm -hmm. nobody had, like, smartphones or anything, so I don't know. Um, But they had uh, 
paint drums, like drums, like, mm-hmm. you know, they pour paint on top and it splatters as you're playing. And it just looks so fun. And I would it love does. that sometimes. Me like, too. It just, I don't know, it looks like so much fun. And uh, so Gracie and uh, Cheryl go back up to where the other girls were holding their table and have some more pizza and beer and these uh, test tube shots, which... I don't know what's in them, but you know. Yeah, those always make me make me laugh. Um, They always make me think of. Did you ever watch the Rock of Love bus? No. The third season. So there was on the first episode. uh, They couldn't show it on screen, obviously, but they like pause as it's happening, and from the angles you see everyone's look of horror, and then Brett. They cuts away to Brett Michaels, and he's like. You know, I could we can't share this next part, but let me tell you, I'm glad that alcohol kills 99.9% of germs. And I guess one of the girls, like, put one inside of another girl and then, like, drank it out. Oh. Of there, yeah. And that just on the Talk of Love podcast, Lacey, the one with the crazy, fiery red hair, that's a great podcast, by the way, she had someone on who like confirmed that whole thing and so I, whenever i see those i always think of that always those test wow. tubes yeah <laughs> I, I mean i suppose it's aptly shaped mm-hmm. <laughs> um i i have done shots out of those before they are i think i have two they were good mm-hmm. um i have never thought of doing that kind of body shot Um, I'm not certain how that would go exactly. Um, yeah, I just, I'm trying to figure out, like, the semantics of it. Like, the drinker lays below the drink E, and the drink E just, like, kind of stands up. I don't, I don't know. Like, how would that work? Well, this this one this woman was laying down. The drinker or the drink e. The drink e. The one that was serving it. Yes. Yes, I get that they were laying down first. Mm-hmm. But how would they tip it into the the drinker's mouth? I don't know. Maybe there was like a cover on it. I don't know. That's that's what I'm getting at. I'm like, yeah. with, mm-hmm. with the way things are angled downtown, mm-hmm. um, it is not the uh, easiest <laughs> way to do a body shot. We'll put right. it that um, so They didn't say they were successful. I, I don't imagine it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you were when you were leading up to it, I thought maybe somebody like maybe pushed it too far in their mouth or something to show <laughs> to maybe uh, titillate Mr. Brett Michaels. But um, no, that that is uh, different and mm. interesting because that's what we say in the Midwest. That's interesting. That's interesting. So anyway, uh, the girls, the other girls run off to go do more uh, paint drumming. 
and Gracie literally does the worst segue ever as soon as they're out of earshot and is like, no, have you ever done anything illegal? (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which, like, at least have some build-up to it. Like, just, it's wild. Um, It gets Gracie talking about how she once stole a pair of Red underwear or red panties. It wasn't underwear, it was panties. You and mean Cheryl. Sorry, who did I say? You said Gracie. Oh shoot. Um yes, Cheryl stole a pair of red panties. And when her mother found out, she said they were what was it? Whore's panties? Satan's panties, Satan's I believe. Panties. Um, and that only whores wore them. Um and so I'm like, oh, well, that that is quite quite a statement there, Mom. Um, which kept which Cheryl kept going. She had a fit of uh, basically verbal diarrhea and uh, started talking about how she had a professor who attacked her and mm. like was talking about it and how he forced himself on her. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, oh gosh, this, wow. And, you know, I just, it, again, in 2021, you know, 21 years later, um, with how many women that have come out with a story about being raped or Mm -hmm. uh, assaulted, um, and the Me Too movement, and literally just about every woman if you asked her will tell you about a time when they've been assaulted or raped and Mm -hmm. it's it's really sad and says a lot about our culture and that you know it's this big secret that's embarrassing and shameful and it just it shouldn't happen um it just like nobody has a right to your body until you consent Mm -hmm. and even afterwards if you say no you know it just uh, so um that was a psa from fighting films podcast (laughs) so gracie is like oh my gosh like I didn't know we were going down this road. I can teach you so many moves to fend off guys. Like, And Cheryl's all excited. Yeah, that'd be great. And they get up, and Cheryl just falls over backwards. She's she's so drunk. She's out. And it's it's about time to go. But they hit the bathroom to get, you know, the girls ready to go and to get Cheryl back to consciousness. Mm-hmm. And uh, Texas has some news that... They are firing uh, Morningside as well. Kathy Morningside. And the plot thickens. It does. So uh, they get back to the hotel and Gracie runs off to the FBI suite with Matthews there. And uh, turns out big boss Ernie Hudson has come down. And, uh, you know, there's a new lead. Um, and well, Gracie's saying there's a new lead, and uh, Ernie Hudson 
is saying, oh, the citizen was caught. We're done. Like, mm-hmm. there's, there's no more, you know, uh, trouble for the Miss USA pageant. We can be done. Gracie, you can be done with this. And for the second time in the movie, Gracie it approaches her boss. And she's basically stating that, no, we need to stay. I feel that these girls are in trouble, you know, and she comes up with at least three reasons to support her statement. Mm-hmm. And she just keeps getting blown off by this boss. Yeah. It's it so frustrating. And I, I just, I just think about how much I used to love this movie and how great it was. And yeah, it's got its laughs. But there's so many other things that are so just, ugh, about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, well, can I stay here with a small team of people? And he says no. And she's like, okay, well, permission to stay here by myself. And he's like, if you want to stay here, you turn in your gun and badge and you're more than welcome to. And so that's what she does. Mm-hmm. Um, she basically tells Matthews that there's more here and uh, that, you know, <coughs> excuse me, there's, you know, more at play, you know, the uh, the citizen letters that were sent to them did not follow the regular citizen letters and uh, basically everyone clears out. And um, so we have another criminal vignette, but it is in Kat's office at night. And she's looking through some, uh, some terrorist letters from multiple different organizations. And, uh, you know, she, she's sitting there wearing the crown and reliving her glory days. And Frank comes in and he's like, uh, so what's going to happen now? And it, we come to learn that Kathy Morningside is the head of the terrorists that are going to blow up the Miss Universe pageant mm-hmm. and has been writing these fake uh, citizen letters. And she basically tells Frank, well, you know, let's continue this with a different, you know, villain, basically. You know, we can name any of these because none of them like our uh, our pageants. And uh, so, you know, we've got Kathy as the brains and Frank as the muscle. Mm-hmm. And you see how she really is... Uh... Similar to uh, Gladys Lehman at this point. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, she she uh, doesn't quite have as big a meltdown, but she's uh, she's definitely sitting off to the side, wringing her hands like, "Yes, yes, <laughs> do my bidding." Like it just that's that's just how I see her. She just just hunched over, wringing her hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like a Disney villain, kind of. Yeah, more or less. A cartoon villain, just, you know, watching from the side, watching it all play out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they cut to uh, Grace in the morning, 
um, goes to see Vic to get her makeup done. Um, and he's packing up to leave. And uh, he basically says, you know, you got this, kid. You can do this. And uh, he hands her a big box and says, I was going to save this for later. Um, and she's like, well, can't you just stay on your own? And he was like, well, basically, if I stay, the Bureau isn't going to pay me. And, I mean, that's enough reason in and of itself to go. Um, and so she takes the makeup bag that he had for her mm-hmm. and heads backstage and sees her, you know, little group of uh, pageant contestants that she's befriended. And she's dumping out this makeup bag and she's like, I'm just trying to figure out which one of these is lipstick. And uh, Cheryl turns around and is like, girls, like, we got to help her. And they do a fantastic job. I love that part. Yeah. I thought, it's kind of a, another similarity with Drop Dead Gorgeous, just the camaraderie among the contestants, which, you know, you wouldn't think in a cutthroat competition you'd see that. I mean, I'm sure you might not see that. In real life, you might. Well, I just, um, I guess it's a little harder to believe in the Miss United States pageant. As, right. you know, these women don't really know each other, but they've kind of bonded over, you know, light beer and pizza and, mm-hmm. you know, paint drumming. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, they just kind of get together. It actually makes me think of the part in Drop Dead Gorgeous when, um, they're trying to comfort uh, Amber, and um, Brittany Murphy gives Amber her costume. Yes, I agree. That's what it makes me think of. Um, mm-hmm. So, at this point, there's basically a dance break. We get to see, you know, the dancing that they've been training mm-hmm. for. Um, and then uh, Grace is uh, picked up, picked for top ten. And she's so excited that she trips over herself and falls. Because <laughs> <laughs> at heart, she's still Gracie. Yeah. And I love how when she walks over, how her hair is like cut to the, like stuck to the crown. Uh, she doesn't pull yeah. it off right away. I know. Uh, well, I mean, she wouldn't know. I mean, no. I mean, with having hair that long, it can do whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't even know. Like the other day when you were over and like I went to use the restroom and I'm like, oh my word, my hair. I didn't even know how bad it looked. <laughs> like it just, you just don't know. Like her hair is stuck up on the points of this, you know, Statue of Liberty crown. And mm-hmm. I can only imagine when she got over next to the other contestants, like somebody reached over and like helped her. I would hope. Mm-hmm. But, um, again, I digress. Uh, so, Vic and Matthews and uh, the FBI are basically getting on a plane to leave. Mm-hmm. And um, Vic knows more than he's letting on. He's been on the pageantry circuit for a long time. Mm-hmm. But he's paid attention. Like, he's got some dirt on these pageants. Like, it's wild. And basically opens up to the FBI, like, you know, you should check out Frank. Like, he, uh, 
he changed his last name to hide, you know, his many indiscretions, as Vic put it. But Frank is a straight-up criminal. Like, he's got a pretty long rap sheet. Um, and so that's when Matthews is like, oh, crap, we need to go back up Gracie. Like, she mm-hmm. was right. We need to, you know, we need to go be there for her. Which is really frustrating because she's been right the entire movie, you know, and still overlooked for it every single time. So, you know, um, Gracie is in the back putting on her uh, very bright red outfit for her water glasses um, portion, the talent Mm -hmm. portion. And she surprises Cheryl with flaming batons. Which I gotta say, she had a pretty kick-ass routine. She um, she did. I'm I'm not sure she would have gotten as far if her batons were not flaming. Probably but, not. Yeah, like, and I I don't want to be rude, uh, but I have even seen you know, more interesting, no, more uh, creative. More creative, more entertaining uh, baton twirling Mm -hmm. or acts. Like, it just, hers seemed a little tame. But, Mm -hmm. understandably with flaming batons, so good for her and good mm-hmm. on her. Like she owned that. Like she wasn't afraid of getting burnt or any of it. Like good on you, Cheryl. <laughs> um, and so Gracie goes out on stage, and it turns out that the girl drank her water, and so she has nothing to do except show people how to uh, defend themselves or show women how to defend this is themselves. Great thinking on the spot. It is. You know, we've we've already seen that Gracie is brilliant and a quick thinker. Mm-hmm. And so, um, plus she got to beat up Matthews a little bit, which is really great. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the first one she shows is where she supposedly breaks her assailant's nose. But I'm like, I don't think you really broke his nose. No, there was no blood. Well... No, but um, they did have a really good sound effect right there. That mm-hmm. was definitely thought-provoking. Um, but anyway, one of the things I learned from this movie the first time I watch it is to sing. And uh, I've, I've read some books where, you know, these are the most sensitive parts of the body that you should go after if you're being attacked. Mm-hmm. And that is the solar plexus, so, like, right above your stomach, uh, the instep of the foot, the nose, and the groin. Mm-hmm. And it does not matter what gender you are. You get hit in the groin, it's gonna hurt. Like... Yeah. Oof. Especially if you're a man, though. You know, I cannot say anything about that. I just know that I have been kicked down there, and it hurt a lot. Mm. So, um, I'm not going to try and say who it hurts worse for. 
I also imagine you can chalk it up to pain threshold and how hard the hit was. Yeah. You know, there there are many factors, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, they call out the top five and Gracie gets into that. Um, unfortunately, the girl from New York doesn't. I love this part. A great lesbian shout out. And mm-hmm. she's like, you know, to all the girls who think they couldn't get there just because you're a lesbian, you know, I got top 10, you know, you can do it too. So it was really great. And I, I love how Gracie, you know, applauded for her. Yeah. That, that was, you know, that was a nice addendum kind of to her character. And then uh, the, the joke I thought was handled well where they were in the, sa- the sound booth. And the guy's like, can they say lesbian in TV? And the woman's like, you got a problem with that? <laughs> I, I love that. I love that. And now and now there have been open, openly uh, lesbian women in in uh, such pageants. Yeah. Since, yeah. Yep. And it, it's great. It's progression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so uh, basically um, Vic and... Eric are supposed to split up to try and find Frank, but Vic goes back to beating Gracie's uh, handler, more or less. Mm-hmm. And Gracie has figured it out. The bomb is in the crown. She's trying to tell him. He's not <laughs> listening. She, he's like, you need to go get in your uh, your evening gown. And um, you know, she she's trying to tell him the crown, the crown. And he's like, yes, the crown. You can see it. You can sense it. And it just be the like, crown. No. no. <laughs> be the crown. And so, like, she's even out on stage and she's trying to, um, like, she's waving her hands up by her head. She's going to be noticed. But she's still trying to signal to Vic it's in the crown. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he's like, yes, thumbs up, crown. And she's like, no. No. And so um, Matthews finds uh, Frank, and Frank has a remote and um, is basically waiting for the right time to blow somebody up uh, Mm -hmm. from the cat high up above. And uh, Matthews finds him, and they get into a fight, and they're both, you know, going after the remote. And it's just a little like car fob, like just yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. That's a good good comparison. It just it's it's so wild how like the smallest things can be a detonator. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's beyond just beyond comprehension sometimes. Um, and so they they count down the uh, second runner up is. Texas, who walks up, and I actually really love this. She, like, lifts her arms, and she's just like, I don't know what happened. Like, I don't know how I didn't win. Like, <laughs> and I I think I think Texas is really great. Um, the, actor, the actress that plays her, uh, Deirdre Quinn, um, she just did a really fantastic job. Uh, not only in the character, but with her facial expressions and just mm-hmm. the whole thing. She did really well with the character. Um, and so Gracie is second runner-up. The winner is Rhode Island. Ooh. And Gracie goes 
berserk. Um, she's she's telling Cheryl, "Don't take the crown. Don't, don't take, take the crown." crown. Um, and not at one point does Grace say, "The bomb is in the crown." Like, just don't take the crown. Don't take the crown. Which you know can be perceived as you know. Don't I want the crown. It. You didn't deserve I it. I want yeah. it. Yeah, etc. Yeah. And so she's putting up a fuss to the point where she starts getting carried off by one guy. Literally carried off. Like, mm-hmm. no feet on the ground, struggling to get away from this guy. I'm like, you are an FBI agent, girl. How are you not fighting him off? Right. <laughs> and then she does. Uh, the one that has a hold of her, she gets her stance and flips him off of her. And then there's another one who had come to kind of try to help the first one. And she just gets him in the nose right away. Mm-hmm. And runs right past him. Yeah. <laughs> and I love how through all this, William Shatner is just still trying to sing and... Well, yeah, it's his time to shine. It's the yeah. end of the pageant, and it's his, you know, last thing he's going to do with it. And everybody has to hear his amazing singing voice. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so Gracie makes it to Cheryl, and she's trying to get the crown off her head, which tiaras usually have little combs so that they can, like, stick in your hair. Right. Um, Gracie finally rips the crown off of Cheryl's. Actually, just before she rips the crown off, Cheryl is beating Gracie with this bouquet of roses. Yeah. <laughs> the petals are flying everywhere, and they're flying everywhere. Yeah. Like with every <laughs> hit, it was it was so great. It is one of my favorite like pieces of this movie. Mm-hmm. Like she's not actually trying to hurt her, but she's like, "Get off me!" Yeah. And so. Gracie gets the crown off of Cheryl, who's just all out bawling, like eyes closed, mouth all the way open, scream bawling. (laughs) And Texas runs up and is like, you know, that crown should have been mine. Gracie Mm -hmm. gets her in the nose. Right. Speaking (laughs) of, uh, I'm looking up more of Deidre Quinn. I thought she looked familiar. She was the... She was the Irish Spring Soap uh, spokesperson in the 90s, which she had an Irish accent in those commercials, I remember. So, yeah, not really Irish. She's not really Texan either. She's from Philadelphia. Oh, okay. Yeah, just a random tidbit. I thought she looked familiar. Yeah, I did too. Um, Not from that, though. And I can't – I looked at her filmography too, and I can't – think of where I would have seen her. It may have been uh, she did an episode of CSI New York mm-hmm. but I mean she only did one episode so maybe maybe not. I don't know. Mm. Uh, but I know I've seen her in something else. Right. Um, but anyway uh, there's you know fighting still between uh, Eric and Frank and uh, finally Eric gets the remote and uh, Gracie throws it to the very back of, like, backstage, mm-hmm. which I, I guess is the safest to do. But if it's by remote, it's not going to go off. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I understand they wanted the big bang and everything, but honestly, you probably could have waited for Bomb Squad to come in. Right. <laughs> well, I guess she was worried, well... It was going to blow up. 
Because I thought Frank had the remote. Oh, you're right. Frank yeah, and Frank was going to detonate it, so she had to throw it and get rid of it. Yes, that's right. Mm. I'm sorry. Um, no, Kathy had the remote. Oh. Yeah, Kathy saw that uh, Eric and Frank were fighting. Mm-hmm. She saw the remote on the ground and went to pick it up. Eric yelled, Gracie! And she threw it when Kathy had the remote and detonated it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Together we have a brain. Yeah. <laughs> so at the end, um, Kathy is arrested and uh, put into, well, trying to be put into a police car by Gracie. <laughs> and she's like, you know, I made you who you are. And she's like, no, Vic did that. And a t- bunch of other, like, beauty team members and people that make you look good and she's like yeah well 25 years of bitching beauty queens I think I deserve it and uh and uh I forget what Gracie said but at one point um Kathy goes yeah yeah and Gracie goes yes yes at the end um Gracie also pointed out how it's a scholarship competition yeah. Yeah, scholarship yeah. contestants, not beauty queens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Twenty five years I've had to endure bitching beauty queens. This is they are scholarship contestants or mm-hmm. Yeah, it just it's it's a great little you know, it's it's akin to uh uh Gladys's meltdown, but not Yeah. A little more a little more poised. She's like, okay, so the original choice for Gladys I read on Drop Dead Gorgeous was Sigourney Weaver. And I think how how Candace Bergman played uh, her, yeah, uh, Kathy in this one was, or Kathy Morningside, is like how Sigourney Weaver would have played Gladys Lehman in Drop Dead Gorgeous. Probably, I could see that. Yeah, more, more po- a little more poised. Yeah. Um, and so uh, in the morning, um, Gracie and Eric are walking out, getting ready to leave. And uh, he's like, you know, uh, when we get back to New York, if we uh, happen to go out and have dinner together, or I'd like to take you out for dinner. And, you know, if we have sex afterwards, you know, it just kind of happens. And. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She goes back to this teasing song of You think I'm gorgeous You want to marry me You want to love me You want to kiss me And then he zeroes in for the kiss Finally Mm -hmm. Because you know she's actually pretty enough for him now Right She was talking about how she has a new appreciation For high heels And how they make her boobs stand up And it's like Women empowerment I I don't know about that, but no, I'm I'm being sarcastic. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's like twelve thirty. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and he um, what a shock! He didn't stick around for the sequel. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was it was so so clunky. They were like, oh, like he didn't even like they were about to go on a date, and then he got cold feet, and then the next day, um, uh. But the next day, uh, 
there's uh ernie hudson's character was like oh he requested a transfer to like the denver office or something like that what is shit i know unfortunately that's on par with his character Mm -hmm. so it's just he just he is just ugh his character is just ugh yeah it is ugh personified like, what really the one that bummed me out about the second one was that uh Vic uh Michael Caine didn't come back for the sequel. Supposedly he was busy filming Batman Begins, which understandable. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. And yeah, he get Dolly Parton. Yeah. Yeah. And Fair uh, trade, I think. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And Dolly Parton it's a, it's similar to the uh when she dives on the guy who takes out the lighter. Yeah. It's a similar throwback to that. You know, sequel, they yeah. gotta rehash rehash everything, but just make it look slightly different, so you'll it'll be excusable. Um, yeah. Uh, Vic is definitely my MVP of the movie as well. What? We both picked the same MVPs for both movies? I know. Uh, ah! to, to me, Michael Caine, <laughs> you know, for... I mean, as with the career he's had and how acclaimed he is that he can just like, you know, not take himself so seriously for a role. We watch movies together anymore. If this is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, I mean, there were, there weren't a lot of other likable people in here other than Gracie and Vic. Let's face it. True. And Stan, Stan. Oh yeah. And the, the girls, I guess. Stan was all yeah. right. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, um, jeez, uh, I was gonna say honorable mention Texas, but she's she's more of my that person. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really have an MVP honorable mention. I you know I really loved Vic. He was perfect for this role. He played character yeah. perfectly. Like it was he was just right. He was perfect. Yeah, um, he was. And then um, uh, we have to finish up with the final scene of the movie, which kind of ties everything in with the title. Yes, I was just going into that. Um, so somebody comes out, and, or Vic, actually, speaking of Vic, comes out and says there's an emergency at the breakfast. Uh, apparently there's an incendiary device. I loved that. <laughs> Which I'm like, okay, is, is it you? Are you the incendiary device? Are you flaming? <laughs> Um, <laughs> hey now <laughs> no he wasn't but play on words um, yeah. so she gets there just as Cheryl is making a speech and announcing her up to the podium as this year's Miss Congeniality mm-hmm. which basically means you know the quote unquote nicest girl yeah. at the pageant. Yeah. The, 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 the person with the, the best personality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, basically saved everybody's lives. And um, she she goes up there and she she actually gets a little bit clumped. Mm-hmm. Take a moment amongst yourselves. She gets a little bit clumped. Speaking of, speaking of Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Neither a road nor an island. Discuss. Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> Have yeah. you ever seen the... Um, the footage of of Coffee Talk where Barbara Streisand actually crashed the set. What? No. Oh, it's so cool. So so like none of the cast knew that she was ac- she was across the street and heard what was going on. So she just like crashed the 
set. It was when I think Madonna was the guest star, and um, she just walked on set, and you see like Madonna and 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 like the cast, just like like Mike Myers especially. She's like, oh my god, it's Barbara. Just like totally still in character, but clearly just shocked out of his mind. It is, it is just, it's great. That's, it's great. That's amazing. It I, is. Honestly, if they wrote a book about all of the like crazy random things that happened at SNL. Oh I God, would it would be an encyclopedia. It. Yeah, it would. There's so much. Well, no, just some of like the bigger things. Like, oh, okay. you know. Um, stars randomly showing up or, right. you know, Chris Kattan breaking his back, you know, falling mm-hmm. over a chair. Like, like um, Ashley Simpson. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that kind of killed her career. Yeah. But, I mean, eh, maybe. Family Guy parody that so beautifully. Oh, it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Miss, Miss Gracie gets verklempt. And we find out that she really does want world peace. <laughs> and that is the end of the movie. Uh, again, our MVP is Vic. And so uh, what was the critical reception for this one? Surprisingly, another similarity with these movies. Pretty similar. So critical consensus, 41%. Audience, 69%. So another big discrepancy. Yeah, and this movie I remember because it says that it's developed a cult following over the years, is what Wikipedia says. I mean, I re- it seemed pretty big, and it was a box office success when it came out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it did really well. Whereas Drop Dead Gorgeous did not, and I think it was mainly just due to poor advertising uh, with that movie. Um, I don't know. I can I can remember like really wanting to see it. When yeah, it came out. You mean Drop Dead Gorgeous? No. Discongeniality. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to, too. I know that was a really messed up time for my family. My grandma just died, like, six oh. weeks before then, so it was kind of like... Uh, that's another reason why we'll never... We talk about trigger movies for us. Another reason with mine, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. That was the first movie I saw right after she died, so it's like... Yeah. Um, um, okay. Yeah, anyways... All right. I I can understand that, you know. It's it's tough when mm-hmm. you lose a family member, um especially one you were close to. Well, yeah, I shouldn't have seen that movie after that cuz that movie did not make me happy. Uh, no, it's yeah, not. Yeah. I, I don't imagine it. It's just mean-spirited. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so should we go to the uh the, the Twitter poll? Uh sure. Um since we've uh, talked about the films, we always do a Twitter poll. Um, it gets posted every Monday, and we want to hear from you. We want you to be a part of our show, and we run the poll all the way up until basically an hour before we start recording for the show. Mm-hmm. So we give you as much time as possible to get your answer in there. And uh, I think Stefan found this a little surprising and disturbing. We have Miss Congeniality at 60% over Drop Dead Gorgeous at 40 We were robbed! To quote uh, Annette as she's getting pulled into the ambulance after uh, Amber didn't win. <laughs> we were 
loved that was so me on election night in 2016 seriously yeah yeah, yeah. we yeah. even had our uh one of our patrons karen mm-hmm. message asking if she can even vote for her husband as well and unfortunately she could not we don't support voter fraud that's right yeah because so, voter fraud's happening everywhere right it's these you know damn illegals they're illegally voting yeah you know yeah. Hmm. you know hmm. mail mail-in ballots are you know the worst thing ever and yeah we're not afraid to get political on here by the way <laughs> yeah i'm i'm yeah. not a big political but uh Stefan does like getting into politics but yeah so miss congeniality won out at 60 percent i guess it's not too surprising just because it, i mean miss congeniality definitely is a more widely seen film yes yeah yeah yep Definitely. And so um, I guess we could close this out. I see a little uh, trivia here on Wikipedia. I've never heard this. Ellen DeGeneres claims that the writer was inspired when watching her training to walk in high heels and a dress in preparation for hosting the Oscars. Huh. I, I mean, who knows if that's true or not, but maybe. I mean, I suppose, you know, and, you know, trying to learn how to walk better or things like that what better way what a better way oh my goodness i can't speak what better a way to learn than a mm-hmm. pageant consultant yeah i just want to say i think the oscars are much better without a host they've done yeah. it the last few years i think it flows a lot better that way oh okay it doesn't I, eat up time i don't really watch award shows mm-hmm. so i don't know they're kind of boring to me um, anyway, so as I said, every Monday we will have a new poll on uh, the Twitterverse. And on Twitter, you can find us under Films Fighting or Fighting Films Podcast. On Facebook, you can find us at Fighting Films Pod. On, uh, at Gmail, you can uh, go to Fighting Films Podcast at gmail.com. And we do have a Patreon page. Um, where you can uh, enjoy the show and you can enjoy it a little more if you want to send us some money and support us. Um, we actually just started uh, releasing new content with the Patreon-only episodes. For as little as a dollar a month, like the change you find in your couch, you could be enjoying these bloopers or, you know, um, random stuff that we talk about. Or even, you know, um, hot topics or, as Stefan said, political gossip. Um, we did get to talking about uh, or Dante Wright and what happened in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. um, obviously, because Stefan and I are here in Minnesota. Um, but, again, for as little as $1 a month... Uh, you would be in the featherweight category and you would get a sneak peek into new shows and content. And if you love us a little more, you can send $5 a month. So you get that uh, peek into new shows and content. You get access to, you know, behind the scenes content, Um, you know, early, you get to get the episode a little earlier on and you get a patron shout out, like saying thank you so much to our patrons, Karen and Brands. You're wonderful. Um, yes. And at the top tier, at $10 a month, uh, you would be a welterweight. 
uh, bobbing and weaving around with the best of them. You would get the early access, the behind-the-scenes content, your patron shout-out, and you get to pick one episode theme. So mm-hmm. you pick the theme, we, get, we pick the movies, and we talk about it. And we talk about you and how much we love you. And love, you love it, love it, love it, love it. Another <laughs> SNL. <laughs> so much, Karen and Brant, for being continued supporters of the Fighting Films podcast. So I think uh, that's it for right now. I'm going to go pass out because I'm still not feeling the best. Um, thank you all for listening. And again, special thanks to Amanda from Wine and Crime for joining us. Definitely. Thank you, Amanda. And with that, I'm Stefan. And I'm Jess. And until next time, let's keep those films fighting. And as Vic says, uh, winners wear a crown and losers wear a frown. I appreciate you, and I'm so sorry about that. Usually I'm down to clown until, like, 1 in the morning, but... Oh, no worries. You no worries. Me. I have to be somewhere at 8 a.m., which is, like, a Gross. time of day I have not Barf. seen in yeah. years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> can you believe... I was telling Jess the other day, can you believe that, you know, school used to start at that time or before, and we actually no. went? I know. Oh, and <laughs> like, sometimes what? went in early and then had after-school activities. Right. What the hell? We were like superhuman. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't even know how people can be morning people. Like, no, those I know. people must be stopped. I do not trust. Don't trust. I, early risers. No. I think they're just secret psychos. I, <laughs>